Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Real Debaters. I'm Michael Petro, your host, and one of the debaters on the show. Let's get to some uh, some boring stuff first, shall we? Uh, Martin Navarro. Well, not boring, actually. Marty's not boring, but Martin is moving to Vancouver. So for the next couple of weeks, he's going to be off the show. Once he's settled, we'll figure out how to get him back on. So if we don't hear his voice, he's, he's just moving, ladies and gentlemen. Packing up a U-Haul, rolling up a steak, heading out to Vancouver to pursue his his dreams in stand-up comedy so everybody we want to we want to tell martin we support him congratulations buddy good luck we'll be here for you in any way shape or form uh second to that the podcast is sponsored by the toad and the whole pub neatery in winnipeg manitoba 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 <laughs> great food great booze great live music they do it all they've got a lovely menu to choose from it's great for brunch lunch dinner you name it they've got a snack for you in mind local beer is a big priority for these guys. They've got a great selection of local craft beer as well as domestic and imported. Second to that, they've got the whiskey bar next door, which houses over 200 different whiskeys to choose from. And then downstairs, you've got the Cavern, which is their live music venue, place to dance and sing and shake it all night long. So I I, I dare you to go to the Toad and not have a good time. Uh, this week on The Real Debaters, it's a Real Talk episode, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Skinner and Christopher Stanton grace me with their appearance in the living room this week. We interview our own. We talked to Christopher Stanton about his time in film school. We talk about the best blockbuster category for the Oscars. Could you have it and how would you how would you rate it? What would you what would you consider a blockbuster? Uh, Matt Reeves adding more A-list celebrities to the Matt Reeves Batman for 2021 and is CGI too much plus a ton of other things were talked about on this episode. So without further ado, we're going to do what we always do. IQ the real and you enjoy the show, brother. Get a, they get a credit uh, at the end um, in the credits. And everything like that. that was nice of you. So. You know what? I just I read something this week in, on on Reddit, of all places, about movie credits for Scream. There was a oh, yeah, yeah. there. Wes Craven put all of his thank yous at the bottom, as do all directors. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah and uh, the school division, the school that he wanted to book at, the school division canceled on him like day of. So they made him find a new location in a panic, and it says at the bottom of Scream, and no thanks to blank, 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 school division yeah. in wherever, California, right? That's the first time I think I've ever seen something like that in the end credits where someone gets <laughs> shit on. It, it's, funny, it's funny you talk about the credits, because that's actually a thing I now remember in film school, was whenever you would make whatever sort of little project or short film you did, the credits, making the credits was just one of the, oh, we got to we gotta show everybody that helped out. Look how kind of fun they are. But yeah, like, it's all no, the shout outs. Yeah. yeah, but no one outside the group usually gives a shit. So no. it's just funny remembering that now. Like, oh, that was a thing. Yeah, make sure to watch. Yeah, I, I, uh, bloopers. I've started to pay attention to credits a little bit more just with the, like, the proxy of working with film at where I work. And renting to them, right? I, you, I started to have to learn a language that I didn't know existed and shorthand for things that I rent that I know the name of and all that. And 
having now gotten involved with grips and electricians and lighting and all that stuff, I'm like, oh, who are these guys in the movie? So what do you do? I rent and sell construction equipment. Oh, okay. So not... We've never talked about it for No, but not directly with... Like film, you're not just a you're not in a film production or anything like that. No, I well, no, I am not in film production, but I rent to the film so that they can produce them. I rent mm-hmm. the booms and the lighting and the generators okay, and cool, all cool, that cool. stuff. So, uh, like I'd say right now, it used to be like a 70 percent construction, thirty percent production. Now it's the complete opposite. It's seventy cent seventy percent production, thirty percent construction for me because this province, um, like I don't know, do you guys know how the the movie, like the reason why we're kind of like a mecca in Canada right now for movie production. Tax reasons. Tax reasons, a hundred percent. The 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 short version, which I will try to do here, we gave away up to sixty five percent tax credit, I believe. Oh. Don't quote me on the numbers. So, um, you can come here and have ten million dollar budget, and you'll get six point five million of that back. Yes, in Sweet. labor, in la- like all your labor, right? So what it costs to make the movie, the people that need to get paid. So why not come here? So why not come here? And you can Manitoba can be a lot of things for a lot of different reasons, kind of like how Vancouver can be a lot of different things for a lot of reasons. So um, that's just the reason why there's like, you'll be driving around and you'll be like, you'll see all the movie trucks everywhere a lot more now than you did before. Well, one of my favorite settings in film is foggy BC forest. Yeah, and that's, and you know, <laughs> and, and foggy BC everywhere. forest when yeah. you see it too. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, X-Files is a good example. Uh, yeah. X-Files, they shot in Vancouver, right? They did. And, yeah. but the thing was, it wasn't just based in Washington or whatever. They went all over the country so yes, like it'd be yeah. like, oh, they're in Baltimore this week, and the next week they're in Washington or it's whatever. Just all Vancouver. Yeah, they never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. would. Yeah, exactly. It would always just be like some forest area of BC. They never went down to like the beaches of Miami. I don't think. <laughs> the right? Beaches they, of Vancouver. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> just one angle that they could shoot from. Probably. <laughs> yeah. They had to Photoshop the sky gray or like blue because it'd be so gray all the time. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it is nice to shoot in Canada. It is a lot cheaper. Their dollar goes a lot further. Yeah. Um. There was another thing I was going to say. But, oh, yeah. Okay. So shooting in Winnipeg. Uh, the Jesse James biopic. Yep. Biopic. Uh, like two days, two or three days were shot here. Oh, I thought it was a lot more than that. Was it more than that? I thought the whole like kind of film was shot here. No, that? no. There yep. was there was like the down. Okay. So the downtown scenes when Jesse takes Robert Ford first to town, like when he's okay. the first act of the movie when they're living together. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to use this really weird stalker boy for. Because that's what it is. Like the. Robert Ford stalked Jesse James. He was just a big fanboy. But they covered all of the exchange district in sand and made it look like, you know, Sweet. whatever 17, 1800 time period the movie is. But you look at it, like when you find out that they shot three days here and then you look at how great it looks on the screen, you're like, how much that fucking sand cost? Like, you had to sand four blocks. Well, well, in the last few years, just here in Winnipeg, have really ramped up for bigger stars coming. Yes, yeah. uh, maybe not as big big of movies it's kind of almost like they're like in between movies that they're like sort of almost <laughs> con- contracted to do like uh, Henry yeah. Cavill and uh who was it a uh, Ben um Ben Kingsley yeah we're here for uh Namus or whatever the guy uh, I went but, to high school with was the director's assistant oh cool yeah yeah but, like I didn't really hear anything outside of that I don't know how well it did well or... I can tell you a couple things not, now that it's not out good. Well, okay, what so was it? novice, novice. It was, no, no, it was Simon. Nomen. Back- oh, no, Simon backwards. Yes, Simon. Ba- yeah, okay. <laughs> the more you know. Um, I don't want to use what access I have at work to start slandering on this podcast, so I'll leave that stuff out because that's that's gentleman like. But um, in short, junior director 
inexperienced filming in a town that's fucking cold. Ooh. Uh, the weather in this province at the time Not was a, a shock to a lot of people who've never experienced cold like that. That shoot, I believe, don't quote me, but I think Grey Goose went down to set and donated all their parkas ah, or snow goose nice. canada goose canada, canada, gray goose the, the bus depot, <laughs> bus depot. here's a bunch of passes yeah, to travel across manitoba we just go through our lost and found <laughs> here you go superman <laughs> they came down they were like you guys you guys aren't built like you didn't come here with the proper clothing so so it was it was a tough shoot in that regard and if you've never filmed outside of either like you know Los Angeles or, you know, another place that's well, really retrofit to be a studio city. Like, we're getting there, but we're nowhere near that. One, uh, I'm pretty sure was filmed here uh, with Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt. Uh, oh, ago, uh, the, the Lookout. The Lookout, yeah. With, uh, Joe Golev. Um, um, I know his name. Uh, Ozymandias in uh, The Watchmen. Oh. Uh, uh, we don't want to Google because Google means our brains are weak. <laughs> no, but also... Uh, you know uh, they're weak. Yeah, I know. Should have done all the research for this. Uh, who is it? Uh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff, Jeff Daniels, Daniels uh, yes. Uh, Matthew Good. Matt, that's go. it. Matthew Goody, uh, I think, because he's got the E at the end. Oh, okay. is it, I don't know I don't if it's know. pronounced with the... The, the guy's too is Isla Fisher, it's, it's, Carla... <laughs> Carla uh, Cugino? Yeah. yeah. Cast, she was a social worker. Uh, and honestly, the, the movie's great. It's uh, a fantastic and movie. It's, I'm pretty sure it was shot... Uh, some some uh, rural town here, and as well here in Winnipeg. Yeah, it was shot. Out, it was, and that's the thing is that rural Manitoba looks a lot like you know everywhere. Everywhere you can get away with a lot, so why not? Why not come here and do it? Exactly. Um, yeah, no, this we're we're really ramping up to to be like a little Hollywood, right? It's 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 interesting. It's fun to do at work because it takes away from the everyday and you get, to, I get to hear about a lot of cool things that you normally wouldn't get a phone call about. Like when a guy's like, yeah, we need a telehandler. Well, what are you doing? Well, we're rolling three $100,000 vehicles today. And I was like, cool. Right. Like that's as opposed to, I need a, I need a telehandler to lift uh, some shingles onto a roof. That's not fun. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> call somebody else. I'm yeah. kidding. Um, let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of this podcast today though. Um, I wanted to start off cause Jimmy's done this before. So we're going to do like a little week thus far. Right, like okay. what's gone on during uh, during the week in Hollywood and such. So I'm going to stop pushing buttons on my phone and bring it up. The first thing I wanted to talk about, um, which is like two days old. Have you guys heard about the James Dean? Yeah, a hologram yeah. thing that's going around. You're looking at me funny, Chris. Like you have James James Dean. James Dean. Yeah, the I was actor. trying to think James Dean, the porn star. Uh, yeah, that's why I was like, is this really what we're starting with? All right, it's cinema, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was like. And then your hologram, like, okay, what's up? <laughs> a porn what, star. What's going on? Porn star hologram in your home. Yeah, <laughs> of just James Dean. Just no, James. Yeah. no one else. They didn't really read the market very well. That's a big demographic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a very niche demographic movie for James Dean. Um, uh, okay, James Dean, the actor, Rebel Without a Cause. Rebel, exactly. So he had many causes. By the way. <laughs> yeah, micro causes. Very stupid. Um, the the family has sold the rights to a production company who is going to put him in a uh, Vietnam War movie and bring him back to life because there's enough dialogue from all of his movies yeah. to be able to create. How, how have I not heard this news? It's 48 hours they old. Frank like and still, I'm, I'm I am I am on Reddit uh, yeah, no, yeah. frequently, so I don't understand how I missed Or Or it's James Dean news, so I just did not give a shit. <laughs> uh, not on your cause, frequent cause searches? He, so here's, here's the thing. So they make this Vietnam War movie. Um. What, okay. What? Well, when was James Dean? Fifties? Early fifties? Fifty-six. So the people that really cared about him then 
are now seventies, eighties have passed on. They don't get who, out to the movies who's much. Who's this? Who's this? No, why not. James Dean? Like, I guess it'll be this weird nostalgic sort of like fifties pop culture kind of groups that'll love them. You know, you know these yeah. diners with like Elvis and Marilyn Monroe and all that. It's a niche. Um, it's yeah, a it's gag. very it looks, yeah. yeah, and they're just gonna run with it, I guess, and hopes. To see if this bites, and then then the floodgates open. We're gonna have all these dead. It's fun to know. And actresses. It's fun to know that like your favorite actors could die, and then they're just gonna keep making movies with them. Isn't well, that great? I we've probably touched on it before in other podcasts, but like look at uh, like the Marvel movies, what they do with Robert Downey Jr. when they have him like look really young. Or with yeah, Star Wars the de-aging aspect. It's right. crazy. Right now, they're it's getting really good where they don't have to have the characters move so much. If they're standing still, it looks ridiculous. Like, it does, it, yeah. It, it looks ridiculously good. There are shots where you can see the body move and the face like slowly morph with it, like yeah, Play-Doh. You're like, like the, okay, We laugh timing. about it, but the fact that we're at that point right yes, now, yeah. given another 10 years, it's going to be like, oh, I didn't know that was a fake actor. And what does that say about acting in general? It, it, because this production company is essentially tweaking the tone and the delivery and the it's, timing of his words. So now... Is it? He's not acting. He's a puppet. You're gonna get. Huh. You're gonna get a watch a wave of actors and actresses uh, that all of a sudden they can do so many more projects because they don't actually have to be on set. They just do the voice work. Well, okay. And boom, the new hot actress. She's in all these new movies. She's in seventy movies. This yeah, year. but she didn't have to do anything. I get it. And, and, and then maybe like she doesn't get paid as much per one, but now she's doing so many more. Does she get paid at all? Where do we get, where do we go from her uh, likeness uh, rights? Right? Well, it'd be, yeah, that's all going to be the contracts talks and that's all unionized already. I have a question. Part. Yes. What if the movie's good and James Dean is like Oscar worthy? How does he, does he win an Oscar His, for it? Uh, the estate would uh, accept it. That's yeah. just confusing. Cause that's though. what happened with Heath Ledger when he won for Joker. No, but he like was actually in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> So how do they, I don't... How do they... Where do you draw the line? Would it be considered like, yeah. acting if you're just piecing together other parts? Well, that's what Leia is in the final Star Wars. They have... Well, uh, they she, have... She's, she, but she's yeah, not... She's probably not going to be nominated for awards, I'd imagine. She acted in the scenes. They had enough footage to piece together to yeah, make it work. But so what that, he's saying is that how do you determine if it's... Oh, like, if he gets, the fine line. Yeah. Yeah, because it's you, yes. old James Dean audio cut together... To now, like this isn't and him then, in the and moment. Then, and and is, the acting. Are you aging him? Like, are you gonna are you gonna give him like twenty years or something? Like, yeah, what do you like, do? You have do you make him the age he was when he died in this movie, or what he would actually be in Vietnam? Yeah, because he would still he'd probably be in what his thirties in Vietnam. I don't know how old James Dean was. Uh, he's yeah. twenty seven. Was he one of the twenty seven? He was in his twenty seven. The twenties club. Yeah, the 20, yeah, the twenty seven club. I thought he was. Maybe not. I'd have to look that up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Either way, it, it am it, I going off to see another Vietnam movie with James Dean? Though is that is that where no, we're at? No, is that, no, are, those, yeah. are either of those things hot now? <laughs> no, like, I don't know. That's why I'm like, why Vietnam are you? War is why are you? Right now. Where, why are you digging into war well, movies? War movies that are great right now are period movies. What right? if it gets yeah. to the point uh, with Marilyn Monroe? They're like, well, let's just remake some like it hot, but with Marilyn again, and it's in full HD color. Hell, we just do all the actors in that movie because probably most of them are have passed on. Have you just put on. that into the universe, and now it's actually going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> going to Okay, done. here's yeah. where I ethically draw the line. I'm okay with long dead talent coming back to make a reprise in some regard. I am not okay with carbon copies of Christian Bale. <laughs> I'm not okay with the scene from uh, oh, what's the 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 many uh, the many Hugh Jackmans from the Magic movie. 
can't remember the name of it for the life uh, of me right the now. Prestige. The Prestige. Oh, thank like the Prestige. Thank you. Yes, the Christopher Nolan magic movie. So uh, it overshadowed The Illusionist with uh, Edward Norton. It totally oh, did. Oh yeah. And actually, <laughs> this past week on it was either da- it was Dak Shepard. They misquoted um, The Illusionist and The Prestige <laughs> and confused him while he was on the show. It's like, come on, buddy. That's fair. That was one of those many Hollywood kind of genre incidences where yeah. two very similar movies came like out at the same Paul time. Like Paul Blart and Observe and Report. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ants in a Bug Life, uh, Deep Impact, Armageddon. Your well, examples are way better than mine. Uh, Dante's <laughs> Peak Volcano. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My <laughs> examples <laughs> sucked. No, no, but your example okay, is just more of a modern one. It's still good. Yeah. Good job. 2007. Baby. I'm not expecting you to pull anything out from like, you know, Classic cinema century shit here, Jimmy. It's okay. You pull from, you pull from your timeline, buddy. I feel like there was like way back in the day the Poseidon Adventure, and there was also another boat sinking yes, movie. Yes, there was. Um, that wasn't Titanic. Well, and nowadays, I mean, Megalodon and uh, Deep Blue Sea are pretty much the same movie too. Just yep. done very like the carbon copy script. So okay, so the the hologram thing, little little taboo. Hey, that was the first. That was the first bullet point we were touching upon. Yes, so. yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's a it's an interesting. Topic to it, it, you know see what? how it goes. I yeah. think it needs to happen for everybody to hate it. I think you can't like you you, you can you can hate the how? idea of it, but I think it needs to happen to really hate it. Like Sonic's teeth. Yes. <laughs> how many people though are going to be fooled and be like, "Oh my God, James Dean is in a movie." I not, knew he was alive. Yeah, not realizing he's dead. Or yeah, there'll be the conspiracies <laughs> like, "Yeah, I told you he was never dead." Yeah, someone's going to be like, "That's not like, a hologram. Oh That's just God. he just bathed in the right light." Yeah. <laughs> it's the real James Dean up there. I tell you. All right. Are we okay with de-aging? Like the Robert De Niro Irishman? If it looks good, why not? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kurt uh, Russell was sort of de-aged in uh, the Guardians Volume 2. Definitely de-aged in It Guardians was a Volume little bit two. CGI, but I heard it was actually a lot of makeup and just practical camera. And I like and that. Like that. You so. can do so much with lighting. It wasn't a very long lines. scene, so they probably could get away with just doing bare minimum. It's just this new, this new style of technology that's laid into post-production that it's... I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm from the visual effects, the practical effects era, right? Like, I, I like my special effects built. I like the world's created. I, I, I think it's amazing what you can do with CGI and effects these days, but I, I also think it's a crutch, too. Well, but, it's going to get to the point where the technology will be so good we won't even have articles about they're using it in this movie because it'll be so normalized that we won't even yeah, care. Yeah, it's going to be part anymore. of the conversation instead of about the conversation. Yeah, you're like, oh, look, uh, Alan Rickman's back in the new Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, chatter this week. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on here to a, to a new bullet point. Bullet point number two: Should the Oscars bring back uh, bring in a best blockbuster category? And if they did, how would they do it? Why? Well, uh, no, I want to see best horror, explain. and best comedy yeah. in it first. Okay. Well, that that's what I was gonna say. If they're well, just... best comedy or musical is there. Fair. It's just mixed, right? right? It's not a it's not a standalone. What's considered a blockbuster? Something that well, has made a shit ton of money and also cost a shit ton of money. And is that, that yeah? Because they'd have to have. Does it? Ha- what does it have to make for it to be a blockbuster? Well, the Billion Dollar Club is pretty much the benchmark, I think, right? Because but everybody... how many movies do that per year? Like, is there enough there's, to have a category it, for it? Well, and there's it's starting to happen more and more every year. But then okay, after a while, fair. after a while, it'll just be like so many movies have it. So yeah, and then have it be with inflation, right? It won't make sense after a while. So you can't use dollars and cents to rate it. That that was kind of what I wanted to talk about was where how do you critique this list of things it has to hit to be a blockbuster because like because think like john wick 3 comes out this year and i think it was the number one movie i don't quote me on that i think it was the number one movie when it came out you could kind of probably consider it a blockbuster right you totally good the budget was like a lot larger than the first one um 
But is it on the same level as, say, uh, obviously any of the superhero movies that are running? Avatar, nowhere near. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Avatar, right? Where there's like hundreds and thousands of people working on this production. I think it should be a global vote, in my opinion. I was just kind of toying with it. I was like, okay, but, so the, the but the, just if that we, though. If we no, just one of the many things okay. that you could include. If right? we if we have block best blockbuster, um, which is really just a viewer grab. Yeah, award. totally. It's that's the all. MTV voting yeah, award. Exactly. Right? And yeah. Think and how mad Martin Scorsese would be. It, oh well, and God. that's just it. Like he needs a diaper. He's shitting his pants too much. Like you, you can mock this or whatever, but obviously the Academy Awards are, should be a little bit more prestigious right you know yeah. you don't want to see your like transformers up there with god damn it with, if michael like, bay wins <laughs> another. exactly well, yeah and, and that's just this this is why we have the golden globe this is why we have the people <laughs> choice why we have awards. the shitty awards the people choice awards. this is one of the mtv <laughs> the awards yeah i know i get it Every- these all sort of exist already there's the what is it, the saturn awards what are the sci-fi hey, toby mcguire won best kiss at the mtv there movie awards and you can't take that yeah, away well there you go you also shouldn't be giving it out either um <laughs> <laughs> so like, and why stop at Blockbuster? Why not also have Best Indie? Well, yeah, that th- these are uh, these are the the arguments that as time you know goes on, maybe you start to have to look at how the Academy rates because if new styles of cinema are being celebrated and created but not voted on. I mean, that's not fair that the Academy Whoa. gets to kind of set the benchmark and then like you're talking best horror. Best horror needs to be in there, Jimmy. A hundred percent. It isn't. There's uh, let, Rick Baker. You know who Rick Baker is? I don't. Okay, Rick Baker is the uh, like uh, the the tippy top of the fucking mountain when it comes to makeup in Hollywood. And he just did Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. Listen to it. Amazing. He got it he got his teeth on American Werewolf. Sweet. So he did the werewolf design. Um, he did the cantina masks, all of the masks in the cantina in New Hope. He is everybody wants this guy. He's retired now, but he's his whole story is just about how he got into Hollywood, how he got into makeup and all these things. And I'm high, and I've lost my point. Um, <laughs> Sound like you just want to talk talking, about Rick Baker. You're talking about horror being. In I was, the yes, okay. So guys like Rick Baker need to be celebrated. Is my point? Yeah, absolutely. Right well, there, there, there's no like best costume is there, but. Who utilizes makeup more no, than the horror genre? I'm sorry. There's best sound, and then there'll be like best sound mixing and best sound editing. It's but like, God come on, it. like yeah, those are exhausting. So, but I get it. Obviously, they're probably two different jobs. Yeah. Why? Why are we stopping there again? But the thing is, the Academy Awards are already three hours. And it we're is. wanting to add more. And an argument for years has been, why don't they have a best stunt category? These people, uh, yeah. Some of these people are giving up their lives. Hell yeah. And a lot of these movies that are being nominated probably had pretty crazy stunts in some of them. Oh, God. Um, the, half the shit we don't even hear about where but, they're like breaking the law or doing something without a permit, right? Yeah. But they need they want the scene. They're willing to... They've got the money to make it safe. They just haven't gone the proper channels. <laughs> it's just... it's Each year right now at the Oscars, it seems like there's either been some sort of controversy or something where they're like, well, we're expanding yeah. the best pictures and... Yeah, yeah, and now there was this recent one with, uh, what was it, Nigeria? Oh, yeah, I was going to segue. You cut me off. I love it. eliminated from best foreign picture because Lion. they spoke English in the movie, even though Nigeria's official what? language is English. That's it, Jimmy, what um, Chris just said. Huh? They're uh, using their official language, and they've been cut because it's because not Nigerian. Because if they did take it, then that would mean that... Canada and Australia would have more of a better chance. But so basically, not? it should just, I guess, the category be called the best non-English speaking picture. That's just so specific. But how do you then insert an English spoken 
movie into a non-English. Like, I well, get what yeah, you said. You changed yeah, the yeah, name of the topic it, to allow for Japanese it, and, and Indian and any language well, spoken on the planet. Say it's, to a, be. say it's a German movie. That's so that's foreign, but they yes. just speak. They speak English. Try to reach a bigger market. It's like, well, sorry, you're not. You're, you can't be in the Oscars because you spoke you spoke English. English. Well, and the show. Oscars are coming off too white too soon. Like hashtag two white Oscars is only like three years ago. So anybody cool. in that room right now, I, and I'm and I'm saying this uh, not from a marketing standpoint, but from like if you sincerely want to allow for more color and inclusion in cinema to be celebrated, then you need to stop monkeying around with bullshit semantics like this yeah. right if you're going to cut off a nigerian made movie for the fact that it uses english yet in the same sentence say we are color friendly fuck you oscars like you're it's not, not a good like look. It, it no it doesn't wear well right it smells mm-hmm. it's funny so it's it's just it's getting to the point where it's like do we need the oscars still do they even hold any sort of merit like they it's like the grammys kinda, yeah they're like, for the industry to make money it really money. is it really it is it was, always has been just for the the industry and it's really just a push to push some of these smaller movies that didn't get an initial kind of run in the, like advertising and stuff as i've gotten older i'm more interested in the banquet awards that never get given away like every every award show that we ever see, there's always a banquet the night before, right? That mm-hmm. that's because you can't well, give away. Yeah, usually, the Oscars has their like uh, tech awards the day before. Yeah, yeah. Like there's some sort of event where they're all and it's all the smaller little stuff. That's the stuff that I'm more interested now in than like if if you watch enough movies, you don't have to be a good reviewer. You don't have to be good at dissecting cinema. But if you watch enough good stuff, you'll know what's going to win. Like every one of us in this room can sit down on Oscar night and pretty much be like, okay, I, I have a feeling we're within two movies that are, are going to win. Are we going to do this. an Oscar show? We are. We're totally going to do We're going to do an Oscars party here. We're all going to get oh. fucking crazy drunk and we're going to play Oscar bingo. It's going to be a oh, blast. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I, that's being planned. I think then I really got to step up and see a lot more of the movies that are going to be in there this oh, year. Oh, hell yeah. Because <laughs> it just yeah. got to the point in recent years where I'm like, I really don't see any of these movies so i don't care well i think it would be fun and i've been brainstorming this i think it would be fun we don't have to watch every movie in the category but enough that we would have an edge on what our ideas are right like we could bet on every second category and bet on bet bet them blind and bet them watched so if we're gonna bet on best actor we'll watch everything in the best actor but we'll go blind on best actress right and then we'll go research best supporting and then, you know, male or f- research best female and then go blind best supporting male, right? Like, do that. So it's a little, it's, it's, my brain works in fun. I'm going to pick with my heart. You're going <laughs> to That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll do a show about it. So, um, but kind of looping back in here. So, Oscars, all right. So, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. They, it, it is at the point now where if you can put the Oscar stamp on your movie, then it's just, it's a way to make money, right? Like, it I allows guess. for, it puts asses in the seats. People go to the theaters, right? I could, take it or leave it but i love i love watching how they're all like it's not about the recognition it's all about the fucking recognition you're human what's the point then like what's yeah (laughs) like because if it wasn't about the recognition you wouldn't show up what are we doing here yeah Yeah, you show up (laughs) and then you know you get dressed up you wear the best shit everybody talks about it there's stupid bullshit interviews on the red carpet yet i'm just here for the art no no you're not but i digress uh moving on Next topic was, uh, did you guys hear about how Delta Airlines is starting to kind of um, 
change their mind on a really stupid thing they did. Uh, they scrubbed the uh, scenes, the, the, the hot and heavy scenes from Rocket Man as well as I believe Booksmart, which Booksmart has Jonah Hill's sister in it. Which one's, oh, right. Booksmart's the the two like college girls. The two college girls, yep. Yeah, yeah. College age, whatever. Either way, they both have some pretty hot and heavy scenes in them, but Delta Airlines That's scrubbed. Jonah Hill's sister. That's Jonah Hill's sister? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What the hell's her first name? She was on Dak Shepard. She is an unbelievable. She's a, she's a theater performer, like musical theater and, and Broadway and stuff. That's where she's really good at. They so. just look alike. Like, it makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. And they're super tight, too. Jonah I Hill did his. Wow. You just yeah. uh, put a lot of things together for me. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad. I, I, I bring a pen for. Connecting the dots. Uh, so, yeah. So what are your thoughts on, like, just being on an airplane and, and like, we don't care. But what do you think of Delta Airline scrubbing the scenes that explain character stories? Like, does that does that do something just, to you? Does it not? Where, where do we where do we kind of stand on that? Why does an airport give a shit? That's just so odd and well, weird. Well, are we... I haven't seen either of these movies, so I assume the scenes in question feature nudity. No, they well they do. They don't feature full. Fr- there's no full frontal, it's right? Like man like, ass. It's it's man ass. It's side boob. It's. I haven't seen the Ooh. Booksmart one, but I did see Rocket Man. And what? it. Go Sorry, ahead. Good. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. Well, what I'm getting at these are movies that they're playing on the airplane. They're playing like them on the airplane. There yes, yeah. With a bunch of strangers. But it's like it plays in a movie theater, right? Yeah, but I find in the movie theater it's dark. Uh, you're not really having to sit with someone for a few hours like you do on a plane. <laughs> I guess someone beside um, you could like, be watching it. Yeah, this, the person beside you is not watching it usually. They're not watching with you. So if you're just sitting there watching <laughs> either any movie really that would feature any sort of sex scene, it'd be like sitting there with your parents in the room. You're just like, Ugh. I get that. I don't. It's... I don't. I. I don't agree that they should be censoring it. But maybe don't even have I guess rated R movies when that's gonna happen. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing, even if anything violent. Like, say you're watching Deadpool, and there's, like, a five-year-old sitting beside you, but you're like, well, it's my iPad to be here. It's like, well... That's kind of the point I'm getting at is it's a shared environment. And the same thing, if there's nudity, I don't want to be sitting there with a kid beside me. Totally. No, (laughs) I I get it. Like, if someone's like, I'd actually... (laughs) <laughs> think that would be better. I'd be like, okay, well, sitting there turning your child's head, no, yeah, watch it, my so, son. So, <laughs> so what has happened is Delta Delta's going back on it and they're putting them back in. That's the that's okay. the end story to the article. Um, I just thought, you know, for art, art is art is art, right? But at the same time, you're on a plane, you're in this little area. What if you're sitting next to somebody who's, God forbid, been in a situation like that, but it ended bad for them, and they're forced to sit there and watch some sex scene that gives them a triggering trauma, traumatic moment, right? That's not fair. So I get it. So I think, yeah, don't if 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 you're gonna do it, either do it or don't do it, but don't half-ass it, right? Right. They just go back on their shit. It's they another. Gotta, it, yeah. You know what they they gotta have their TV screens. Uh... I don't know what the tech would be with it. But, you know, if you're off to a certain angle, you can't really horse see. Horse blinders. Not really horse blinders, but basically it is horse blinders. <laughs> Stay in blinders. your lane, Jimmy. Watch your movie. Yeah. <laughs> they should uh, just have those as your TV screens so then people beside you wouldn't be able to see what you're really watching. Yeah. Unless they literally leaned over right, and like, okay, have, what yeah. are you doing? That's a good idea. So, but... Like that, social that, situations in movies, it is awkward. I don't want to watch like watching a sex scene with my mom for the first time was horrible. Right? Which one was it? Do you remember? <sighs> I think mine was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There's, there was a scene in that. It was uncomfortable. Mine was Watchmen. Oh, there was yeah. so much That's a heavy dick. one. That's a yep. heavy one too. S- forget the so sex scene. So much, much blue big, dick. big, big blue dick. Like, yep. it's 
See, and that's what's more awkward to me. Like a big blue dick comes on the screen and I'm sitting next to my mom. I'm not, I'm okay with looking at the dick. I'm not okay with looking at my mom looking at the dick. <laughs> like watching her judge the dick and like dissect the dick. And like, I've never watched The Watchmen with my mom, but I know that I don't want to look at my mom compute that scene in her head. That's that's what would bother me the most. Especially if she like licks her lips or something. Yeah, right. Some sort of miscue where she like kind of like shuffles in her seat. And yes, I'm like, what? What's happening over there? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag quote unquote miscue. Uh, Jimmy, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to see your mom watch the Big Blue Dick? Uh, no. Or when, sorry, you didn't want to see it. I guess. No, I, I watched it with my dad. Oh, so yeah. oh, okay. So did you? Were you guys like you that big too? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Like, when's mine gonna be blue? Once. <laughs> You never want it to be blue. Blue no. is the color you never want. Your dad makes you feel bad because you don't have one. <laughs> so I'm talking about Jimmy. Yours isn't blue. <laughs> no woman ever wants you. Okay, so uh, last uh, last little weekly anecdote here. Um, this is still a negotiation. I, the last time I read about it, it wasn't confirmed, but I'm too lazy to Google it right now. Uh, so Colin Farrell, almost pretty much guaranteed penguin for Matt Reeves is the Batman. Yeah, I, we've been following this like randomly throughout these talks. Like we've done it like I think three times so we far. We do love well, the weird Batman movie. Yeah, and what is isn't it Paul Dano is the Riddler? Or yes. Is that so rumor? confirmed is Paul Dano Riddler. Confirmed Zoe okay, so Kravitz. Wait, let's let's back up. How okay. many bad guys do we have in this? Yeah, movie Yeah, this now? could be like an amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, two I'm, I'm now that I'm thinking about because don't isn't Deathstroke. The main no, bad guy, or have they scrapped they, that? That was for Batman v Superman. Like he was in an end credit scene in that universe, but now this is a totally different. This Batman. is Joe, Batman though, because Joe, what's his name? Joe Manley. Is he not Man part of that anymore? Is he out? I don't think so. I haven't heard okay, any conversation. But, so right now we have the Riddler and potentially Penguin. That'd be enough, I feel, for a Batman movie for two villains, especially if they're. I don't know if this is like a soft reboot because no. it's a new nope, Batman. It's just a totally different Batman. Well, it's, okay, it's but it's going to make like eight hundred billion dollars. Is it like a comic or something? It's, it's based, based on, on the long. One? It's based on the Long Halloween. Yeah, Ooh. Like, like Warner which Brothers, allow, which the Long Halloween is everybody at some point doing something in regards to the same scenario. So yes, how. My question is on this is that stacking it with so many bad guys and characters and loading up on some pretty heavy talent, are they? Is that the, what they think they're going to use well, to get people cause, in? Because the Long so. Halloween, the Long Halloween, and the other two books that uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sally did there, whatever his last name is, <laughs> that was a lot of Sally. names. Yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> they're kind of very fan servicey books. Like, they do throw in a lot of, like, oh, here's this character and this art style. Like, check this out. So now that I'm thinking about it, it'd be kind of cool, I guess, maybe if this new Batman movie sort of took a fan service route, like, into the Spider-Verse. Cool. But it was a live action movie. Like, we're going to give you what you want, like a Lego Batman movie. But it's live action. Do you think there's going to be, like, a it's, Robin? Is there going to be? There could be. They might tease that up. Like, I'm not talking that they're going with humor, but they're going to be like, this is... This is for fans. Yeah, this we're we're you can that. stroke there's to Easter this. And, yeah, there's yeah. Easter eggs, and it's not going to be part of this DCU. It's going to be its own sort of thing. Maybe a trilogy that Matt Reeves—that's his name, the director. Matt Reeves that yeah, gets yeah. that he gets to do, and uh, each one makes eight hundred billion, eight hundred or eight hundred million <laughs> or a billion, dollars. billion. Yeah, because um, it's just the solo movie, right? Those ones are really hard to. Get I, more over a billion. Batman spent around the exception. I'm gonna see it. Like I'm gonna. I want to. When's see it supposed it to come out? Uh, 2021. Yeah. Right, well, they haven't even started. We'll talk pre-production. We'll yet. talk more about it next year. Well, the last, the last little, and it was quick. Like I'm, I could be way off by now, but um, Matthew McConaughey for Two Face Harvey Dent. 
that's that's a chatter. That's a uh, that's okay. not a that's not nobody's nobody's had lunch yet is what I'm saying. <laughs> I well, think and, so. And see, but, there you go. Now they're trying to. There's rumors of Harvey Dent as well. It's like so. Well, are they just going? Here's every Batman character that you love and want. Because isn't Jeffrey Wright uh, Commissioner Gordon? Uh, Jeffrey Wright's yeah. Commissioner Gordon, and guess and here's here's Alfred, uh, Andy Circus. Oh, okay, yeah. Cause but like he's getting as, Gollum. Yeah. as Gollum, yes, <laughs> he's just a CGI <laughs> yes, Alfred. Batman. Yes. Uh, and, well, it's see, missing a hand. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's, he's a Shriner. Is this uh, is this Alfred gonna have like a Navy SEALs background? Are we still doing that? I I don't like the that TV Alfred. show Pennyworth. I don't like that Alfred. I like Where him he's being military. I trained. like him being the sassy butler that always ones up <sighs> Bruce all the time. Which the Navy SEAL ones are, but I don't. That's why we have Batman and Robin. We don't need the butler as well to help out. I just don't. I don't like the moral high ground. Like it gives him a nice little background, I guess, but maybe give him an injury so he can't fight anymore. I like my Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I am Michael. Or the the nerdy guy in in Tim. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Oh no, that was no, that was oh the original. Yeah, he was like the the elder gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He was very old. He was as Alfred should be. Yeah. No, I get what you're he saying. Was the like butler the, when Bruce was a small lad, a wee boy. And he's been ta- forty yeah. years later, and uh, so Robert Pattinson cast as Batman and Alfred and Alfred. <laughs> and Alfred. <laughs> he's That's a new spin. It's a it's a it's a one actor show. Yeah, <laughs> he will play all the it's, characters. We're just being lied to. Speaking of it. speaking of Robert, I've realized outside of the odd Harry Potter movie that he was in, I haven't seen anything by him. None of the Twilights, none of his post-Twilight career. And now I'm like, man, I'm missing out because I feel like he's done a bunch of good stuff and I haven't even Well, with The Lighthouse coming out this weekend, today, um, I feel that that's poised for some Oscar chatter for sure, like just with director and and cast. But That's uh, the guy that did The Witch? Yes, exactly, the guy who did Uh, The Witch. The Vavitch? Actually, actually it's the 20-itch. Or no, wait, what's V? The V's Uh, 5. 10. Yeah, that so would be, be ten, 10. Total, yeah, <laughs> or five five itch. He <laughs> he went out and did just a like slurry of independent films because he could because he made all of his money on Twilight. Like it's the I guess it's the actor's delight where you know you're supposed to do one for one for the studio, right? One for art, one for commerce, one for art, one for commerce. Well, he did three for commerce or four for commerce that made him hundreds of millions of dollars and now he can do whatever passion project he wants Sweet. because he doesn't need to work it's right same, like that's the same with daniel radcliffe yeah as well. like radcliffe's he just, he po- just does swiss whatever army he man was swiss awesome. army man's amazing yeah. jungle have you seen jungle i haven't seen jungle jungle's a true story by biopic and uh that's for you chris and uh biopic <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great it's about the survival of a guy who gets trapped in the Colombian jungle Sweet, and he like get the jungle kicks the shit out of him, his way out and of he there. finds a dead body he, that it, farts his way out, and of he there. like jerks off the dick to make a move yeah. across water, right? Like just a man, beautiful if you, movie. If you haven't seen Swiss Army, uh, what was it, Swiss Army Man? Yeah, yeah. yeah this would be a very confusing conversation. It Definitely totally see that movie though. So I put Swiss Army Man and The Secret Life of Walter Mitty kind of in the oh, same. I like that one too. That was such a lovely film. Yeah, it pulled at my heartstrings and was cute and, and, and it placed everybody's like daydreams of being a better person and i've always wanted to see ben stiller longboard right <laughs> through just, norway nonetheless just did it for me <laughs> puts the rocks on his hands claps them together i was like so sick fucking ben stiller you're badass <laughs> uh, all right well moving on 
Uh, so we yeah we've covered everything I wanted to kind of talk about this week. So let's switch to a fun the fun games that we played before. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play some little mini debates with the Would You Rather's. So I know you've played this before, Jimmy. Uh, Chris, on the count of three, we just give our immediate response. Okay. No real thought process involved. Uh, so the first one is: uh, Would you rather be Tom Hanks in Apollo thirteen and have to get back down to planet Earth, or be Tom Hanks on Castaway and get the fuck off the island? Okay. All right. I think I got. So yeah, just got say one. Castaway or Apollo thirteen. Uh, castaway. <laughs> I was also going to say Castaway. All right, Castaway. He, does, he <laughs> does like a countdown. <laughs> I do, I do a traditional anticipating building countdown, but that's well, I fine. I was waiting can, for the countdown. You weren't doing. I'm that not again. qualified for space. <laughs> it's not even so much the space thing. It's just I don't like. If I can't see the bottom of the water, like I don't like that. And like, space is okay. just all like if I'm on a big cruise ship or a big boat like that, I'm fine because I can be way up high and I'm not down there. But when they get close, like even in like a lake, if I like um tubing or whatever, and you crash, and then I'm flown for a bit, I'm like ah, hurry up, <laughs> I don't like this. So I couldn't do, like him piecing out at the end of Castaway there. I couldn't do that. I would never. Oh, I so would, you'd go I, Apollo thirteen? No, no, I would go Castaway. I would just stay on the beach. Ah. <laughs> you just oh, wouldn't leave. Okay, so you'd give up all, all yeah. hope. All right. I wouldn't give up all hope. Vander all hope you I'd build and all, I don't know. I'd just build a little shack and just eat fish and just live my days there. I wouldn't lose Wilson. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you exactly. need your buddy. You yeah. need your volleyball. Yeah. You would hope for like other <laughs> things to wash up and yeah. All right. Hang out. Because that whale showing up at the end, whatever that was about, I don't know. What that was I That was know, really weird. Was that like a metaphor for something I, or some sort of religious thing? I didn't like it. Uh, like the giant spitting of water with no oof, animal no, coming. Like yeah, no, no animal in sight. I'm like, this is freaky. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. No, I didn't dig it. I Space just, uh, I feel that, yeah, you can live out your time. And I think I could get off the island. I think I would get frustrated enough that I would try. I probably wouldn't. Sur- I know I wouldn't survive it. There's That's, no way I'm building an yeah. actual raft and getting the fuck out of there. Like that would just I wouldn't sink. even try. It would fall apart. What rope? I can't make rope. Where are you even going to go? <laughs> yeah. I don't oh. even know where I am right now because I was in a hurricane or whatever it was. You just, he could have drifted hundreds and hundreds of miles away where he. Or on the yeah. flip side of that, you could be really close to a shipping lane. Like, what do you do? Right. Yeah. That's that's the well, dilemma. By, I'm with Chris. If, give up hope. I feel like if you, Give were up really, eat sardines. if you were really close, you would. Well, he does see the cruise ship the yeah. one time. That is true, yeah. And I think that's maybe where he gets the idea that if he can get out there. Just get past another, those breakers. Another one, yeah. Get out into the tide. That's traditionally in any movie that involves getting off of an island or trying to break the initial wave run of everything coming in. If you can get past those that first set of breaks, everything else is not easy, but it's gravy in comparison to... Space. He's also lucky. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Which is cold and vast, and like the only blessing is it's instantaneous. But you got to work up the balls to to leave the shuttle. Well, different movie, mm-hmm. but also in space and gravity. When Sandy yeah. Bullock, there's, Sandy B. Yeah. When she first kind of is flown off by herself, and she's just floating, I'd be like, "Oh, this is it." Yeah, <laughs> like this is it it's just me. me until I, I guess, starve to death or my oxygen runs out. Which I, is probably oxygen, which is terrifying because yeah. you're like, there's, there's literally no hope. There's yeah. zero chance. Oh wait, I can use the fire extinguisher. And I psh- have a zipline. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she I don't. I don't. You know what? Back. I didn't take <laughs> physics in high school. Maybe that would work. I don't know. She, <laughs> she wallied back to the. Show. She did. <laughs> I always, I always resort back. Like there's a website out there that lets you Google essentially stuff like this and then some professional in that industry will contact you and tell you kind of what you should or shouldn't 
do if you're trying to make this a movie. Mm -hmm. So like I I don't think anybody wrote to some professional about traveling through space with a fire extinguisher. I think they kind of like this is how you do it. Yeah, this this is all she had, right? So uh, Mm -hmm. it'll make nobody will call us out for this. Buzz Aldrin did it one time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Floating away. That is his real name. Yeah. Uh, okay, second one. Uh, would you rather be stuck in 19... Like, and you gotta listen. This is one of those questions that they tell you in high school. Oh, yeah, what's up, Jimmy? Oh, no, I'm just... Oh, you're preparing. Okay, <laughs> all right. I I'm, you were... I'm listening. Okay. So the words are where it all lies. Okay. Okay. Uh, would you rather be stuck in 1982 with Doc Brown with no way of getting back or stuck in the future with Bill and Ted with no way of getting home? Ah, uh, Doc Brown, I think. So you're stuck, but you live your life out where you are, just to kind of break so that I down. So I go back to 82, yes. live with him. So he hasn't been murdered then. He hasn't been murdered yet, no. And he's not going to be murdered. Exactly. So, so I just live what... with Doc Brown in his garage, like in 82? Well, yeah, but then you're and there. And he's cool with that? But 82 yeah. is when wow, he of figures. Of course he's cool. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of where the whole, like, 1982 is where he falls, and then he starts to realize how time travel works, and then you get to be a part of so that. I'll so I'll get back eventually. So you'll get back eventually. So wait, is this, I'm not Marty. You're not Marty. You're just you. But does Marty then show up and go back in time? It's completely to, to, plausible because like when, when I didn't make a rule that I, when in the this. timeline have I shown up? Marty and Chris. You've gone back to 1982. <laughs> I thought it was 85. Oh no, that's when the movie came out. Yeah, 85 is when the movie came out. But he, so we went back to 1982, which is where everything happened, right? Yes. So yes, Marty can show up. Yes, you can be a part of the whole thing. So yes, you could technically get out and hop a ride back home and you know thumb it along the way. At the same time, you're stuck in the future with Bill and Ted, who I can't think of a better set of dudes to be stuck with to figure out, you know, how uh, to I negotiate see, time travel. I don't know. <laughs> Those two are so tight, though, that there's no oh, part of the this. third wheel. You're third wheel and all of that. Oh, yeah. You're, you're not. Just, this okay. you're, this like, isn't a trio. They're so stupid. You're trying to explain things logically, and they're never going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You're, okay. the, you're the straight yeah. man yeah, in the friend, you know? like You're Jason Bateman. Yeah. All right, so we really haven't said which is which yet. So now on the count of three, hmm. one, <laughs> two, three. Bill and 1982. Ted. Yeah, 82. Okay, so I now I know you. I now know how you feel, Jimmy. This is well, lonely I, over here. We're straight white guys. <laughs> <laughs> we are Jason Bateman's. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. I'm going to go back to the That's 80s. giving myself too much credit. <laughs> okay, last one, because um, three's a charm. You either have the ability to control and adapt and live in the Matrix, or you can use the powers from Inception to control dreams. Would you rather which one? Both are kind of similar. Well, yes and no. To where extent, one because like one doesn't govern itself by the laws of physics, where one doesn't doesn't only because you have to have access to the program. Where well, okay, so when you say I have control of the Matrix, am I like Neo that can have control of the Matrix and do what I want? No, we're okay, so what am I more like? Red and blue pills. Yeah. (laughs) Just one day red, one day blue. Am I more like the Oracle or. uh... You're more of a person who's figured out how to adapt to living in the Matrix with access to all the training programs. So you've got the utility, but you've got. Can I dodge bullets? Uh, you need practice, so I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to give you dodge you're... bullets day one. Uh, you were supposed Can you to dodge say, bullets now? <laughs> you were supposed to say like I'm telling you, Chris. Uh, you won't have to. Or, oh, you're setting me up is. for the line. Yeah, whatever the quote is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm at, okay. right over my head. Should have brought my baseball glove. I didn't know I was catching pop flies today. Uh, all right. So, and that's foreshadowing at the end of the movie when he doesn't have to dodge bullets. That's very true. Uh, and you've you've and then okay. he jumps into him. <laughs> that part's always weirds me out. Uh-huh. Like, couldn't you just 
blown put up his, with his hand mind up. or something. <laughs> they both are essentially the same thing, but one of them, when you come back from reality, you just have to go through the brain drain. You have crippling depression. Crippling depression <laughs> that normal day, everyday life is like, nowhere honestly, near. His wife kills herself. I know. That's repeatedly in front of him. Because she can't handle leaving the kids or whatever it was. Like she couldn't she, handle coming back from their shared dream. Yeah, that they lived a lifetime together. And then they're like, oh, that was like an hour or whatever. Right, yeah, like an hour in the Matrix is... And, and because they just the they, they built a, a world together yeah. without yeah. their kids and she couldn't... Yeah. No, I don't want it. I don't. I think I'd go the Matrix. Like one's a drug, and one is yeah. One is literally a drug, and one's a simulation of a, of a alternate reality to which it, the original reality is shit. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. so do you live out in a fantasy that you know is this is your only option, or do you come back to reality but just going through these withdrawals? So do the, do the countdown. Do the countdown. <laughs> Three, two. One. Matrix. Inception. Yeah, I'd go Inception too. I, being somebody who's dabbled in the pool of illicit drug substances and having to quit things for the remainder of my days, I figure I could wean myself off. Like, you give you give me the right totem, I can I can find my way back. I and I it, it would be something that I would because I have the choice to do it. I would leave it for like birthdays and special occasions, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jimmy, I just stealing ideas. Sure, I'm yeah. Doing the inception. You're fucking with Steve Jobs. You're fucking yeah. with every Yeah, totally. You're fucking with every venture capitalist who has the next biggest idea and they just can't figure it out. You're stealing you're jumping in their brains. Gonna find out what I got for Christmas. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> Chris. I said Matrix. I know. Oh. Oh, we know. Uh well I just want to <laughs> learn Kung Fu. Fair enough. I know Kung Fu. Yeah. Show me. Who, John Woo did those fight scenes, right? My is that I don't think so. Like no, like the the not sorry. I know the Wachinski brothers directed it, but didn't John Woo have something to do with the breakdown of those? Uh, uh it was probably I think he was an inspiration. Or, I yeah, think, okay. I don't think he was on set or anything. No, like okay. All right, all right. Uh, you, I don't remember ever watching that in any behind the scenes, but I could see like that was definitely like along with like Alice and all these other different things that inspired the Matrix. Okay. John, John Woo was definitely up there. You know, the gun, the gun, what's it called? Gung Fu or whatever. Gung Fu from, yeah, like oh. Because John Woo was big on that, right? Like martial yes. arts with like with guns and stuff. Uh, what's his name? Chai Young Fat. Well, and there's a there's a whole movie dedicated to Gung Fu, The Equilibrium with yeah. Christian Bale. Which was definitely probably Western inspired. Western inspired Gung Fu, yeah. yeah 100%. And then, but instead of, then Matrix also came out around the same. Kind of yeah. what we were talking about before with similar movies at the same time, Equilibrium. And, Isn't uh, that funny how yeah. that like if you can really trace that back where you can look at like the major movies of each year, and and put them all in a blender and you're like yeah it all tastes the same mm-hmm. like you know it's it, I mean they they are separate and unto their own in specific areas but plot line is you could trace it and place it and trace it and place it. Uh, moving on though, Chris, we're here to. I want, you're here to tell us about your time in film school today. Oh no! <laughs> so, so me and Jimmy are just going to sit here and listen to you regale tales about it. But, but I wanted. Do you, do you mind if I back a little bit? Yeah, totally. Go ahead. As, re- as yeah. I share my tales, as you share you. your tales, uh, you you mentioned That's... it because I I had asked you you know what you kind of wanted to talk about, thinking that you had like some sort of idea or current event or something we could build a show around. But I had no idea that you had gone to film school. Jimmy, did you know that Chris went to film school? I did not. No, I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to me. Um, I was so, not aware. 
that's kind of something I thought would be fun for people who like I, I by no this is this is completely your version of your time there but anybody who I guess might think about wanting to and they get to hear about somebody's time there and might influence their decision you might make or break someone's career right now with the show you never know <laughs> you never know um so like tell us when like when did you kind of realize that you wanted to go and why did you go all the way out to victoria uh so i was living here and it must have been early 2004 ish um where i uh i had originally was looking into i guess taking like a sort of film studies or film history course at U of M at the time. Uh, but reading more into it, because I was wanting to get into directing. At th- this was initially it. I always wanted to be a director when I was growing up. Music videos really seemed like a path that I wanted to kind of take at the time. Um, but reading into this course, it was just more like theory. Like, oh, you'll learn the history or who's who's who. You're not really learning like how to actually direct things or anything is, is what I gathered from the course uh, curriculum or whatever. Um, so I just spoke to my dad about it and then he, he's like, Oh, okay. Maybe that's not really the right path for you right now. <coughs> um, so he just, I guess, Googled it at the time and he found, uh, you want to pass uh, Jimmy the letter? Oh yeah. Um, he had found the Victoria motion picture school, uh, I guess online and just like, yeah, you'll learn all the ins and outs from, cinematography and maybe act, not acting there was an acting course as well but uh yeah all the all the tech side of what goes into making movie editing yeah lighting all that and i was like that's that sounds like what i want to learn that sounds fun uh so i guess probably signed up or whatever it would have been sent in up there, there was no portfolio it was just like if you have the money for us because film school is expensive really okay so it was just buy your it was for i think i think it was fifteen thousand for one year um, and all you needed was one year, or it was just the one year course. Oh, okay, all yeah. right, all right, all right. Um, eight months or whatever it was. Excuse me. That's uh, pricey for a year of school. Like, yeah, I believe. Was that room and board as well? No, or? no, no, no. no. so that's just making yeah. <laughs> Mr. Noodles or nothing. So yeah, so that was a student loan kind of taken out or whatever it was at the time. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was definitely pricey, but it was it was like yeah, this is what I want to do. Totally. Uh, I was just a year out of high school at this point. So I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I don't want to just go to university or whatever. Um, yeah, and this was just a privately run film school, uh, sort of in the heart of Victoria, British Columbia. So I moved out there that fall, and uh, yeah. I Was that the first time you ever lived away? Uh, no, because I, I, when I was living here, I was living on my, living with my, my parents lived in Brandon. Uh, so no, so it wasn't, it was, but now I was really far, right? I was a couple provinces over, but, uh, there was, it wasn't a big class. I want to say 15. Uh, most of us were sort of around the same age. There was some older, uh, older guys. Did they place you like, well, having like, did they ask for some sort of like some film experience, no film experience? No. Like, was there none of this? Wow. Cause this is where you're learning all of it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was just having an interest in film, probably. So you're uh, all starting at zero, square yeah, one, for the starting mo- for blocks. The most same part. Time. Uh, I think they went around the room probably at one point, like, why are you here? Who, who's. I want to make pornos. Yeah, no, no one was like that. Um, <laughs> make porn. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the, a lot of the thing was I just want to make a film, get into festivals and stuff like that. Everyone always says that when you're like in film school. Oh, we're gonna shoot this kind <laughs> of festivals, and then you see the end product. You're like, yeah, maybe not. And uh, so, so. so festivals, it's not like I'm gonna break into Hollywood with my film school piece. It's 
do the is that the route you take you go film school festival because that's <laughs> not not really no uh unless you're the one that's directing and you're getting funding and everything but for a lot of us uh you don't really start like just unless you have money <laughs> unless some money is coming from somewhere you are probably just going to start at the bottom you'll be a production assistant or a gaffer or a best boy or whatever they were called like the electrical guys yeah yep. and then you work out through that department and then if maybe somehow you get into another department or you just stay in that department forever uh it, there's all it's all unionized i believe um, very yeah one of the yeah. oldest unions i think too so i remember yeah i think a lot of us were just kind of wanting to learn the ins and the outs and and victoria slash bc uh has a lot of hollywood and tv movies that still go on and at that, that time uh, at that time uh x-men was shot in yeah in, that was a I big thing in, in canada well, Canadian film. i don't i'm pretty sure there's this big sort of hotel it's got all ivy all covered over it on the sides it's an old hotel right right in the downtown of victoria right beside the harbor do they have a plaque for how many elephants were <laughs> killed to make this ivy covered tower <laughs> no no no, like ivy like green oh green, okay green ivy. ivy not i heard ivory i'm sorry no sorry. Was like, ivy. <laughs> ivy the last place you put yeah. ivory is on the no, side of a building <laughs> but i believe i believe that's what they use for exterior shots of the X-Men mansion. Oh, cool. Um, I oh, like running green ivy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's super neat. And there's neat. like a garden kind of deal. I believe that's, that's what it, you, that could be wrong. But but so this, uh, this film school on their website, like, yeah, we go over to, we've been on X-Files productions and these. It's like, oh, cool. They go out to these shoots and see what it's like an actual professional shoot would be and everything. So, so yeah. When you got their level of intimidation, like were you were you did you feel you were a little out of your element? Did you feel at home? Did you like yeah, when more you start sizing everybody up? Because I mean it's a new environment, and I'm a survivor nut, so I like new social settings where nobody knows each other. Yeah, and that's pretty everyone. I think besides maybe one or two people were from BC, so like oh, everybody wow. else okay. was. There was a bunch from Ontario. One guy was from New Brunswick. Um, actually, one of the actors in the acting class that runs adjacent, along with the, the tech class. Uh, he was from Brandon like I was. We knew. Cool. I went to like, a mutual. I went to school with one of his buddies uh, who I worked with. So it was kind of like, ah, that's crazy, small world. Um, but no, it was very much at home because one of the first, uh, I don't remember what the project really was, but at the time, 28 Days uh, oh, Later, the, the, the first zombie. one yep. uh, with Sicilian Murphy yeah, uh, came out. And I don't remember what the project was, but you had to go go watch it, go study this movie for whatever Sweet. this was and homework I, yeah and i was just and that's exactly what i was <laughs> I like, want wow. that kind of homework. i remember calling calling my parents like yeah so this is what i have to do tonight this is that's not homework to me i just get to watch this that's you what had to I go, do now you had yeah you had to go rent it but again <laughs> this was the, the thing is this the rental is a, fees are on you sir but uh. when i'm talking talking in film school this was a very privately owned school okay uh i think they only had maybe not even half a dozen full-time staff uh, so very. So it's probably people from the industry who yes, got together, were, started a school. That's pretty much exactly what it was. Best cool. of the best from each uh, department, and then, yeah, okay. uh, the main guy uh, Barry Casson, I think his last name was. Uh, he was like a director of photography. Okay. So he taught taught us all about you know how to light a scene and how the ins and outs of camera work and angles and all that all that jazz. Um, and then yeah, they they had some actors as well, like former. You know that have been acting in Canadian television for decades. Sure, yeah. People who know the know this know a set, yeah. know a room, know editing, all that. Yeah. And then they would have um, sometimes like freelance freelances 
sorry, freelance sort of teachers, depending, like, we had a writer kind of teacher. He wasn't really, I think he just sort of did that course, and that was... When nobody was buying his pictures, he was teaching. Yeah. <laughs> sure, no, and so, that's that's how it is. When you're not working, you, you yeah, get a fucking but hustle it was, somewhere. What, what's the problem with freelance teachers is we had a, we had a, this is where I learned I actually really enjoyed editing. I was like, oh, editing, actually, I like you're putting the whole movie together, and, you know, you can... These rough cuts that... The rough cuts, working out the timing, if it's supposed to be funny, yada, yada, all there's tons of little stuff, so... We had a couple of courses or classes with him um, in like that first term or whatever. And then he comes in one day. He's like, ah, it's going to be our last course because I just got a gig shooting snowboard <laughs> videos up north. And we're like, oh, okay. And then one of the full-time teachers sort of took over because editing is important. <laughs> like, it's not yeah, I was going to say, this, is, yeah. Yeah, this because isn't something you shortchange. We had another example where we had an art director come in for an art directing class. And their classes, I think, were two hours usually. Uh, maybe they were hour, but this one was two, uh, if I remember correctly. And he was kind of the same thing. He's like, oh, this is going to be our first and only class because I got a gig back in Toronto. And that was kind of <laughs> – and then and as far as I remember, that was really the only art directing class we had. It's like you got – you paid $15,000 for the opportunity to be like, psych, no class today. Well – But understandably they was, they so. I'm had, sure they probably They always had something. That. I don't remember yeah. it ever being like, hey, there's nothing today. Um, they always had sort of something um, – but the, the art directing kind of guy, I don't remember his name now, but his credits, he was an art director on Chaos videos, Nelly Furtado videos. Cool. Um, I want to say some sort of coffee brand where it was the one where it's like the drip is coming down and it... Is it, it Nescafe? It might have been. <laughs> and it drips right into the coffee. And yes. Okay. And, and this is still like, they weren't using CGI all the time for stuff like this. So this you practical. Like, yeah. So he had, like, had to tell us how to get the perfect sort of drop into the cup. I just, it's such a weird little thing, right? Out of his but, mouth. Well, the, I was just going to ask you. Like you wouldn't think about when you watch it. You'd be like, oh, they just, they just dripped something into a cup. It's like, no, it's got to, it's got to be angled right or how, or, you know what I mean? So now it's probably all this CGI, so it doesn't matter, but. Or, you know, you get a purist who's like, no, CGI, we must drip this coffee, right? Like, nah, I don't know how many purists there are in the ad industry. <laughs> like, no, we get want this done yeah, we, fast as yeah, possible. Boss, fast as cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. That was a little bit frustrating. Uh, Getting a shuffle part, like that. Yeah, for the most part, though, the teachers that we did have full time uh, were great, and kind of got to know them over over that year. Um, I haven't spoken to any of them uh, ever since, uh, but um, I I only lived in BC for the rest of the summer after after it was all said and done, and then I there wasn't really an industry industry in on the island. Um, their stuff will kind of come in and then because it's very situational again, to filming it, in Victoria. Yeah. Well, you, you're like based out of Vancouver or whatever. And then you just come in and need your shots in Victoria and peace out. There's a very large, like independent. So, uh, uh, scene, uh, cause they have the film commission there. So you can go and rent out gear and all that if you wanted to. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know if that still exists. Uh, cause this again, this is 15 years ago. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. So that summer, me and the buddies, we got on a couple, we got on, like, the odd thing. We did a music video, which was a two- or three-day shoot, um, which I was always disappointed because that was one of those, like, I kept Googling. I still to this day, like, oh, the Matthew James band. Let's see if this video ever got to YouTube. And the, the band, I think, is now defunct or whatever. But, yeah, the, the video either never got completed or was never posted online. I have no idea yeah. whatever happened with it. Very rare did I ever see the finished product of whatever kind of shoot we were on. Yeah, which, like, that's weird to me. Like, 
I've I don't I I only hear about what hours it takes to make any sort of uh, piece of content for for like music video or commercial or movie or whatever, and it sounds like a lot of fucking work. Like I, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to be on set it's, for like sixteen hours yeah, a day. So you'd think it's basically a, it's probably twelve minimum to sixteen hour days those days. But at the time, uh, I was just in school, so I didn't have a job. So on the weekends, if we were lined up on that, or when I was done school, it was like yeah, well, just I got this. You wouldn't get the thing was it wasn't paid gigs or anything like that. It was all independent. Oh, so the only people really getting paid is probably the guy that's editing it because he's got the gear. And sometimes a lot of the 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 principal photographer, like the principal camera guy, had his own equipment, so he could be getting paid for his time. But they would they would come to this film school and like, hey, any guys want to help out? We need volunteers. And was like, yeah, do this. This is your practice. This is good. Which, which is great because you get your practical and your theory all in all in a, a nice lump sum. What did you like? Did you you said you really liked editing? What did you not like, and or like what were you like bad at? Because like, I'm sure there, like when I investigated the the Krecom thing, there was like it wasn't how set classes in my head from high school were. Like none of them were in this. I was like, this isn't linear. This isn't the right order. Like you have this this day, and then you have two of them this day. Um, so what classes were you like, fuck this shit? <laughs> like, like, uh, I don't want to learn this. I do at the time. Now that you mentioned it, cause I was like, I don't think there was really anything. We, we had a docu, uh, documentary, documented documentary class, uh, I guess sort of learning more of, cause it's a different beast as opposed to filming like a movie with a, like a script. Right. Uh, so we had, we had a lady that came in, a teacher, um, that sort of gave us the ins and outs on you know, guidelines for docu- shooting documentaries. And what, my, are, what are some of those guidelines? Like, do you remember? I don't know. I don't no, remember. Okay. Because I was just going to no, say. I'm, I'm genuinely interested. Like, wh- I'm sure just, you know, just on how to, you're still telling a story, but you, you're using all real footage and interviews and all that. I feel a documentary could probably, probably get away from you pretty quick. You're like, I have all this footage and I can do whatever I want with yeah, it. And you could easily lose your initial main theme that you're trying to get across, right? Yeah. Uh, I just remember. In my in my stubborn way, I was like, I'm not going to be shooting documentaries. I don't even want to invest in any, like my time in doing something like that. Like at, like I said, I was really wanting to maybe do music videos uh, or horror pictures if I could ever get down the line. Uh, but documentaries, yeah, were never. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like I just, you're teaching me something that I like. I Wake me up when the class is over. But it was one of those things. Well, maybe there are students that that were into it. So. Did and did you get did you like did you get anything from it or you're just like fuck this shit, basically just fuck, fuck this shit. shit. Okay, it, it was it was kind of like I was 19 at the time, so by the end of the course, by the end of the year, that was sort of my attitude. Anyways, I was sort of just done with school part of it. I just wanted to get it all done. So I, I'm not a great student when it comes to that regard. <laughs> um, I fail you, man. I know. But like, I had a lot of passion, a lot of fun with it. Uh, just projects were uh they weren't like oh you gotta study and write this 100 page thesis on whatever there was nothing like that right it was was there a lot of stroking of previous egos i'm wording this wrong 
was there a lot of like well, this is like Stanley Kubrick and and you know um, I I would definitely... all of, like was there a lot of hobnobbing in that regard because like my my interpretation of anything in life which I have been told is a very bad way to think I... comes from movies so my idea would be like a bunch of like snotty people you know like like art house rules kind like what there was a movie that was made about documentary a doc, it was like a mockumentary about going to art school. And John Malkovich was in it, and he just made this comment. He was like, I was the first one to do triangles, right? <laughs> like, he invented a fucking triangle. So I'm wondering, is that, like, you know, is it clicky? Is it, uh, like, is there some honestly, sort of... Honestly, it wasn't really like that. No? There might have been a little bit, like, I Heart, I Heart Huckabees had come out just recently. Okay. Uh, or that, around that time, maybe within that year, I guess. So that was kind of like the... Mark Wahlberg ooh. playing a fireman. Yeah, and it was very that cool, like, sort of quirky indie, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like the masses hadn't it's, seen it. It was like a Wes Anderson off, right? Like, that yeah, was, exactly. That was a big time for him, too. Um, but it was kind of cool because it was a chance, like, oh, I, like... Some like some of these guys had seen just a ton of movies. Like, they just watch, like, oh, well, this director did all this, and... We just watched a bunch of his stuff. Right? Yeah. Uh, we, uh, a couple of us lived together and we, at the library, uh, you could just rent out DVDs for free. Right? Sick. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yeah. So we did that. Um, at the time I, uh, so what ended up happening maybe around, I think it was in February, uh, the Victoria Film Festival happens. Um, and it's actually, it's not as big as TIFF because uh, it's a lot more independent stuff. I believe it probably still goes on today. Uh, but it was happening that time. So I volunteered. And I worked like all 13 days, um, which was basically just, I think there was some data entry work with submissions and just hundreds of submissions coming in. Um, and then there was, I think I was just like ticket, there's just all different volunteer work. Anyways, I ended up winning volunteer of the festival. Oh, <laughs> um, accolades, accolades. And uh, I got a year subscription to, uh, it was called zip.ca. It was basically like Netflix. I remember it. It was like Netflix, but Canada where they would mail you DVDs. Oh, I remember that. So you'd set a queue. Uh, you could make your queue, I think, as big as you want. And if that, it would just go through, like, yep, this movie's available. If it's not, okay, it goes on to the next list because someone else might have rented it out. Because they only had, like, seven copies to rent everybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, so it gets, got, yeah. it gets sent to you, and you, I'd rent TV shows and, and movies. and Wow. So that's a good fucking prize. Yeah, especially especially for what I was doing. Right? Yeah, so, hustling and volunteering. And I want to say Don Bluth was there. I'm. Ooh. I believe he was nominated that year. Let me just see if I can find it. He was nominated, I think, that year at the Oscars for Best Short Animated. Um, wow. Because and I didn't realize that. So he was at the film festival. And then I remember we were watching the Oscars that year, and it was came up on whatever that category was, and it was him. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> Isn't said, that Don Blue? Uh, yeah, I was like, I said hey to him just the other day because I'd been watching some of his stuff. Wow. I'm, I'm just, I know I know who he is. I've heard the name, but now I'm looking back at all of his animations. Anastasia. Wow. The Land Before Time. Unless, unless... All Dogs Go to Heaven. An American Tale. Rock-a-Doodle. The Pebble and the Penguin. Like, he did, he did so many animations that were... Like he wasn't playing in the Disney pool, it seems, but he was he, playing he in was, that. He was the I think with the comparison, he was the DreamWorks to di like. Yes, that's uh, what like I'm trying to say. Disney was, to yeah. DreamWorks now or whatever was yeah. Disney and Don Bluth. He was their main kind of uh, Secret and Nim, I believe. He also yeah, did. he did Secret and Nim as well too. Thumbelina, that's uh, that's a resume for sure. He also he also played in video games as well. Mm, unless Space Ace and Dragon's Lair, but he you was at what? one of the festivals you were you at. Know what? Uh... 
Nope, it wasn't Don Bluth. <laughs> okay, no Don Bluth. It was, I believe, this guy. I'm glad we talked about him. Though. A different animator. <laughs> I want to uh, watch The Pebble and the Penguin again just uh, because Different of animator, this. Uh, Bill Plimpton. Bill Plimpton? Yeah, Bill not Plimpton. not nearly as He sounds as, like he as has as love, love handles. Bill Plimpton. <laughs> I, I believe, uh, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure it was him. Because I'm looking, I was looking up the nominees for the 2005 uh, Oscars and Don wasn't there, but then I noticed in 2004, Bill was. I'm like, ah, I think that was it. All right, Bill Plimpton movies. What did he do? If I can um, see his art style, but yeah. It's oh, okay. He's done. He's done a lot of independent stuff. Yes, but like it's a it's yeah yeah. It was Bill Plimpton. Look okay. at his art. Yeah. Definitely Bill. All yeah. right, not Don Blues. Well, I've been <laughs> telling that story wrong for the last fifteen years. <laughs> Shout out Don Blues. <laughs> Anyways, so I met Bill Plimpton. Uh, he came At the through. Victoria yeah, Film and Festival. I'd been I'd been seeing some of his stuff or whatever, yeah. and then it was interesting to see the Oscars the following whatever. Uh, weeks or whatever, and be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I just saw him." I just, I just uh, saw your shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, what did you have? Like anything new? You're always forming opinions and ideas in your head. So, did you have some sort of opinion of what you were walking into? And then when you got there, it was like spot on and tether. Were you pretty spot on with like with, what to expect with the experience of film school? Yeah, like you were like, uh, did you have these giant ambitions that kind of changed when you got there because of I remember I remember one thought uh <laughs> before I went to film school uh Spider-Man 2 had just come out that year and I was like man maybe by the time Spider-Man 3 gets in production <laughs> I could be involved somehow <laughs> <laughs> and I think it came out in 2007 so I had like three years to get my ass in gear and get on Spider-Man 3 and I think I remember thinking I'd put Venom in it and sure enough Venom was in it <laughs> I'd put Venom uh, in it <laughs> yeah um well that was why every all the fans wanted Venom in it and so they put it in it um, I do oh. remember thinking that obviously that never came to be, but I, there was no, yeah, there was no set goal. Like, okay, once I'm all done this, I want to boom, move to Vancouver and take what I've learned here because, and, and you, fin- you finished, right? You did the whole course. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. I was, I was there to the end, but, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I think I just, I sort of ran out of money by the end of that summer cause I still wasn't working and I was like, wow, well, I guess I'll just move back to Brandon and. And that was back to the ranch. Yeah, basically. And that's where I lived for the next uh, like four years. So, yeah, I kind of fell out of it. But two years later, it's not like it just all disappeared. Two years later, I got into media production um, in Brandon uh, for TV. Okay. uh, Like journalism. Oh, nice. Yes, because you've we've you've mentioned to me before in passing because we don't do any backstory at the real debaters on any of us. We just learn who we are as we go. But you've mentioned that you've done camera work before. And I was like, I'll ask him about that one day. Well, yeah, I, I worked in TV news for 10 years. Okay. Um, excuse me. So I took a media course in Brandon, uh, which was a two year course and definitely some of the tech side of stuff. Uh, I was able to kind of use that knowledge from, uh, film school. Sure. Yeah. And everything. Learning camera. Yeah. And okay. So, just back to like like sound off some of the courses that you would take because that's what I'm interested in because I I briefly briefly I can't stress this enough briefly did a moment in the military and I did I did all the basic up until the last week and I got into a little battle school and then there was some medical stuff about how apparently I wasn't allowed to take Ritalin while I was <laughs> oh. in and I had done it right out of high school so I was a Ritalin child so I was a little worried about taking another thing and not doing well at that thing so. I had weird courses like PT and then drill class and then compassing and then winter survival and spring survival and then more PT. So like what are the daily classes 
that one has like what's a day of film school like are you all well, the- I, I imagine it was like every tuesday was this and everything so it wasn't okay. like every day was always the same things and like there was terms i remember if i remember correctly so by the second term was like okay now we're going to be teaching you guys about this aspect or whatever okay uh some of the main ones was uh cinematography or directing of director directing of photography which is like your main like there's the director and then the dop who it, like, explain the difference well, the director, it's his vision, and then he tells the DOP, this is my vision, and then the DOP does it. Okay. And the DOP is in charge of, like, the camera guys. So, and I, I know this just recently. This isn't something I had known for a while. We are at the hour and 15-minute mark because the cats are coming out. <laughs> I love this. You can set a watch to these fucking three things. Uh, to anybody tuning in for the first time, uh, my cats come out at the hour and 15-minute moment and say, you're interrupting my nap. I want to go nap without you assholes talking all the time. Back to film school. Um, so you, well, I, I totally brain farted. <laughs> I believe we were talking classes. You were talking classes, about. yes. Uh, director so, of photography. Director of photography. Um, so, like, is the director the CEO? Would that be like a great comparison? No, no. That'd probably be like the producer. Okay, right? so the producer's the CEO, and then the director's the. The, the underlings, the directors, like the station manager, I guess. Okay. Or the 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 owner. The okay. Owner, maybe. All right. Uh, I, I've I always just because be that, yeah, I've never really thought about the comparison. It's weird the hierarchy how it all works, right? Because you you'll have your producer who's the one that's in charge of hiring your main sort of people, like yeah. your your director. Well, probably your director, and then if the director is just some nobody, then you probably got to hire a director of photographer. Um, but the director or the producer, if I remember correctly, also has to secure financing. Where's all this money coming? So you got to find executive producers, uh, that go, you're like, Hey, this is our movie pitch. And they're like, okay, well, here's, here's a hundred grand. Go ahead. So the executive producers, the money where the producers, the one there's the joke. I think there's the joke. What is it? Simpsons or Futurama? Where they're like, oh yeah, executive, like an executive producer. Just, yeah, it's just the name, and then they put up it because it really is. They generally, unless we're talking super high up Disney movies, generally they don't probably have a lot of say. They probably just it's like almost like a passion project for them because a lot of times when you see like, oh Seth Rogen presents, he just like probably endorses it. It's basically yeah, it is basically an endorsement, but with some money. Okay. I, I've always had my assumptions they, about this. That now, one I was wrong on. But I, well, I was going to say, they do give the money, so I'm sure it probably still happens that they do try to like, no, I think this actor should be it, or this scene, we got to have a scene like this. They probably dabble, which yeah. pisses off the producer, or pisses off the director, especially the director, because like, no, this is my vision. And like, well, it's our money. <laughs> so, yeah, but, let's see what your vision does without our money, right? With, with, and that's where the art and commerce argument, I guess, happens. Cause. But then you also have first assistant directors, I believe they were. Uh, those are the guys that are really the, the most vocal on on set. They're the ones that are, like, keeping shit going. It's not the director that's like, okay, guys, we got to hurry this up. It's the first assistant director. That's well, it's a, it's, a, it's a heavy chain of command. It's a huge chain of command. <laughs> and they Because then each little department has its own head, yeah. and each department won't touch anybody else's shit oh no the like the, the lighting, I'm lighting I'm, the lighting guys uh, aren't touching anything to do with set moving or anything like that yeah it's its own thing it's a lot of you work probably like no like you're not working like a full eight hour day of extensive labor you're you do a little bit probably heavy lifting here and there you 
early morning setup, yada yada, and then you know. Then you're you're playing the waiting game. Yeah, there's a lot of sitting around. Yeah, it's hurry up and wait mm-hmm. is is a great <laughs> definition. Unless you're like part of the actual filming process. Yeah, uh, or maybe you're on. You got to do something for a prop or whatever if you're set if you're anything with set decorating or building that's that's a constant like yeah. like well, carpenters are are constantly either shopping or building or tearing down or something those are also in bigger productions again we had just a lot of like less than 20 man sort of crews for yeah. sure you get fed at one point and <laughs> you get fed like sometimes two three times a day if you're there long enough like, yeah well i'm again i'm i'm my experience is off the indie sort yes of sure yeah yeah um, and just having shorter work day because they got less money. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, nothing of really noteworthy at all that I was involved in, and nothing even really. Well, like, you did one movie you told us about. I want you to talk about it again. What was it called? Uh, Robot from Hell. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was our own thing, though. Again, uh, like the the stuff that we were volunteers are. Uh, there was nothing really like besides the music video we got to shoot, which was kind of fun because they had the playback track and all that. Is it uh, is a music video? Like it was about as stereotypical as you probably get. It was in like a warehouse where they had the band all set up, <laughs> fog machine going. One of us had to like use a like fan a board it, to fan to, it, yeah. and I think I think I got yelled at because I wasn't fanning it as well. I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't one of my." Uh, I've never credits. been a fan before. <laughs> yeah, and then they uh, they gave me. This a, is it the kind of fanboy I thought I'd be. Yeah, the the guitarist gave me a the CD at the end. So that was kind of cool. It, band sucked but it was all right it was a creed cd uh, it might that, that was kind of the genre <laughs> it wasn't creed on no, no, no. that was that was the genre <laughs> pretty much much. it pretty much was like a Canadian <laughs> theory of dead man canadian creed um <laughs> is it when you say playback track do you mean like so they're just playing their instruments and then the track is playing in the background yeah if i the drummer might be the only one kind of making any sound because he's got a what he's you know if part of gotta, the drumming he's gotta is hit the, the symbol the he does actually have to drum yeah, yeah exactly but <laughs> How the do you guys fake drum? like the guys might their, their guitars aren't really hooked up it might look like they're turned on and stuff but they're all how like, do you like get into care how do you get into what you're doing if you're not doing it you're just you're just sing along to your own song and that's i've always wondered that because again i wasn't in the process of what the director was going over with the band like okay you guys got to really make it like you're you rock- gotta look cool yeah you got to make it like you're rocking out in front of a crowd that's not there yeah because this is what because we're gonna have swooping like you know pans and all it's this gonna look and, funny if you're just standing still with all these action shots unless, unless with no action unless that's the, the style they're going desired video, effect yeah, right? yeah yeah and you'll see a lot of music videos that's that's what they'll do right like oh okay that's ironic or that's like what james blunt for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's actually known as the blunt shot. Are you serious? No. Oh. <laughs> like like euphemisms and like industry it slang. It is it totally is. When an artist is just standing there in a music video, that's the blunt, blunt shot. shot. <laughs> You're beautiful. You're okay. beautiful to me. Bad robot, like what was it? Because we we started this whole thing by kind of chatting about it. Um, uh, robot from hell, yes. Robot from hell, and we uh, you, we didn't get to see the second part because no. of a YouTube algorithm. Well, and decided uh, to fuck you. Yeah, so I'll just start from the beginning. I'll, I think it was all inspired, if I remember correctly. Uh, we had found this RoboCop helmet, I guess, like a knockoff brand or just a cheap plastic toy of it uh, at a Valley Village. So we we bought it, and and then I just sort of wrote a script to it, basically about a robot being banished to hell and then coming back and. Wrecking terror on two guys in this video, um, 
yeah and so solid yeah i was trying to show solid you guys yeah I was, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to show you guys and we watched part one which doesn't really even end on a cliffhanger it's just sort of like the scene ends uh and then i I'm pretty sure part two had been taken down because of all the music that I had used in that second one. Illegally. It's kind of <laughs> like props to me for splitting where I did because there's a Smashing Pumpkin song that comes on not like 30 seconds after where we ended. Okay. So had I accident or had just cut that smashing into the first part, so that might have been taken that down. That was after well. John immediately gets them lost. <laughs> yes. The one character gets the duo lost, the robot shows up uh, and kills the one guy, the guy that got him lost kind of his punishment oh when they're (laughs) the best part is so there's a death scene where uh chad is holding john in his arms and the two we're all buddies so the two actors are trying not to laugh and you can see in the over the shoulder shot uh dan who plays chad you can see like his like his cheeks kind of risen because he's just smiling (laughs) as 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 his his buddy regan is on the ground trying to be like i'm sorry about the milk it's like don't worry about it man don't worry about the milk but it's too funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that took a million takes. And uh, during that scene, I have a loop of Johnny Cash's version of Hurt, uh, like the guitar, like just sort of playing it's in the background. It's a great song Ooh, for a so dramatic scene. Yeah. Today. And then uh, the whole the whole end credits is just Peter Gabriel. And uh, you yeah. should have got sued. <laughs> yeah. It would, no, they just took it down. They're like, this isn't worth it. But I think it had 600 views, the, the first robot the, from hell. The first, ro- yeah, Robot from Hell Part mm-hmm. 1 had. Had just over six hundred. I was, and I was keep enjoying asking, it. Well, if people keep asking, like, why is there two parts? Like, how long was this thing? It was only ten minutes, but YouTube at the time uh, wouldn't allow me to upload the full ten minutes at once, so I had to split it in half. Fucking YouTube. Was yeah. that at the time when the YouTube logo was just like the old timey TV? It might have been <laughs> classic. That was a great logo. I liked it. I don't know why they changed. I want apps to, you know, let's fall off the rails here for a second. I want apps to. Do what hockey teams do with the classic jersey. I want oh. them to go back to their classic original form. I don't think we're that nostalgic yet. No, for, you don't think so. For, Insta- for Instagram's like it's, logo from two years ago, we're just getting out of the '80s into the '90s again, and then it's going to be the OOS. We're on our way up. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I just have to wait a bit. Yeah. All right. Once Stranger Things is over, we'll be officially into the '90s nostalgia, and then on into the OOS after that. Oh, I get it. Okay, so when a show or a movie really celebrates a timepiece, then it kind of rolls traction. That's and... just how our culture doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Back in the day, they just had their own culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, one last question here. Yeah. Um, shoot. You went, I and you've got an idea of it. What would you? Now knowing that you've gone, would you go, or could you have figured it out on your own? Like, could you have picked up the skill because you had a desire, or or was it a good was it a good move? My a big thing also in the industry is networking, um, which I didn't really do any of, so I didn't really okay. get anything out of that. Um, unfortunate, uh, as opposed to say my comedy that I've been doing for the last two years, networking there has been huge, and it has helped. Um, so yes. When anyone says network, don't brush that off. Network, because it really does come down to who you know. Uh, but uh, I, I, I had a friend that I met in uh, in media production, and she had mentioned she had thought about taking film school, and I honestly told her I was like, don't. <laughs> um, take take the money. Buy a house. Yeah, take the money. Yeah, hell, buy a house. Uh, take the money. Um, Especially now, 15 years later, with how easy it is just to go on YouTube and probably watch 
like a series on the ins and outs of filmmaking for free, right? Yep. You just sit there and they'll give you all examples of different directors and how they did this and how, how to light a scene or how to shoot outside or all these different things. You might have like how to frame a shot, all these things for audio, where to put mics in like an outdoor scene. There's I a million am, little things. I am a hundred percent a product of the YouTube do it yourself. Yeah. Google Everyone video process. Now. For this whole entire podcast, like I, I don't know anything about sound editing. I figured it out as I went along because I'm like, there's Steve. Yeah, uh, I, told me a ton of times. He's like, just YouTube it, man. And right. I like, and you feel kind of silly after because you're like, yeah, you just have to <laughs> YouTube it, man. Somebody somewhere knows how to do it. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. It's funny. Like I, uh, I downloaded a what's the program Blender? I think it is. It's a 3D modeling yes. program. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's free. And then I just went on YouTube and f I watched for like an afternoon on just like the ins and outs of, you know, how to, how make to a 3D use Blender. Object. And yeah. it wasn't even really, a thing. you know, I think it was a Blender how to. And then I just made some like fun, like objects and props and stuff like that. I was like, wow, this is free. And there's probably people that are now paying thousands of dollars to be taught this, which again, it does come down to the networking after that because I'm not making any connections just sitting on my bed with my laptop. You're right, making 3D so. models of great shit, but it's yeah. not going anywhere. Um, but the thing is, so, like, take that $15,000 uh, that you would spend on school, uh, which isn't even accommodations or food or anything for the year. It's no life. That's um, just Go out now, and especially nowadays, you can get, like, a consumer high-grade camera that looks great. Sure, it's not going to look like maybe, like, a Hollywood movie, um, but you could still have a really good camera right out of the gate. Get yourself some editing software, uh, and then maybe you have money left over to pay some actors to be in your thing. Okay, it's just interesting because like, ever, like watch the, a lot of movies too. The, the big brains always say skip college, right? Like go out in the world, like. And so anybody who well, does, Kevin, anybody Kevin Smith is infamous for. He went to Vancouver Film School, yeah, and dropped out, and and then just because racked up credit he, cards for yeah, and it paid off, and it's not going to pay off for everybody. You also have to have some a vision of what you are. You're not. Not every movie is going to be great. Just because, yeah, he's just the exception you can make a, to the... Yeah, just because you can make a scene look good doesn't mean you have any sort of storytelling knowledge. Yeah, and, and you and need that, a toolbox full of tools. Is, it yeah. takes a village. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that was another course they taught us at the film school was uh, writing. Uh, was a writing course. Any marketing uh, or budgeting or like... I mean, everybody knows yeah. at the end of the day, you have to find people that want to pay They're, and you can sell your vision on. So was there anything like that for... Like almost like a pro producer course. There there might have been something like that. I can't quite remember, though. Okay. Um, th probably because you would have to like, yeah, like, okay, the, the equipment's... Because you'd have to have a budget for most stuff. I remember uh, there was a girl in the acting class I was friends with, and she was also sort of a musician. I ended up shooting a music video for her, but uh, I can't remember what the company was at the time. Some Somebody in, like, Ontario, some company in Ontario, excuse me, uh, was doing funding. You basically pitch a music video idea with the band and yada, 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 and then they would be like, they'd pitch, pick the best selections, and 
give you a grant or whatever it was. So yeah, I, I remember are... trying to, I wrote a pitch and everything and never got selected. But I remember thinking like, man, had I been given just 5,000 bucks for this? I'd be like, holy crap, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do I got to make a bookkeeping with this? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> Do I need to buy QuickBooks? Like, how, how fast can five grand go through when I'm being irresponsible with it, right? Oh, good like, Lord, yeah. It's like, oh, we got to rent out this this hotel or I got to pay this camera guy and he's going to be a grand rate. You know what I mean? Like, that's Yeah, you lose it. It's, it's gone in a poof. Yeah, so I remember when I submitted that, I was like, oh, boy. Okay, well, let's see if I get picked. But uh, <laughs> thank Christ, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it it probably she, like she was an artist, but uh, she had I think only done some demos, if I remember correctly, and uh, so like it wasn't like she was like a registered like she didn't have a CD or, or anything like that. So they might have just looked like, oh, this is just a nobody, so we're not going to give funding. I don't. Yeah, I remember how it worked. So, so you had mentioned, and I I kind of like now that you've got. When, when when you when you learn something, you end up looking at it in a different light. Now that you've got the knowledge and the tools to be able to critique it and such, and you were saying something earlier that you wanted to talk about how the films of the times that you were in film school, like what have you now that you've got a little bit more of an eye than the natural layman to this? Like, is there any like what you you were mentioning it earlier? So I'm just kind of trying to bring it up and see what well how it fits my, into it all. My my kind of favorite movies have not really changed even from 2005, like. <laughs> Or 2004, 2005, because like I said, Spider-Man 2 had just come out the previous yeah, summer. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Lord of the Ring movies had just wrapped up like the, the following year, or the previous year, sorry. Um, and then we were going in 2005, we had huge hits like Batman Begins and uh, 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 Star Wars 3, uh, Episode 3, so, yeah, and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, which was obviously huge. And that was, I remember coming out of Revenge of the Sith at the time, not to be a dead horse about the prequels or anything like that, <laughs> but I remember coming it's out fine. and I'm being like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see that again. And it was about five years later, I caught it again on Spike TV. So I didn't, <laughs> it, it, Revenge of the Sith, which now has a very hardcore following, well, at least on Reddit, unless it's just all everyone being ironic. Um, <laughs> also possible. Also, well, I think at first it was, and then it actually does. Because now, fifteen years later, if you were eight at the time, you're now twenty three, and maybe you loved it as a kid. And it's just a movie you love now. I That's not. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I, I remember mm. thinking. So I was probably just nineteen. I remember thinking, like, yeah, I'll go see it again. And I never did. Uh, Batman Begins definitely paved the way for the Nolan. Uh, for myself, just getting into Nolan, I remember when that Is came out. Is it that out. long ago? 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, Batman Games came out in 2005, so that was about 14 years ago. What, what was he coming off what? of? Oh. What the hell did <laughs> Nolan do before that? Uh, I want to say it might have been Memento. Oh, oh no, Insomnia. Memento with, uh, I think it was Insomnia with uh, Robin Williams and Al Pacino. Is that him? Yeah. No. Prove me wrong, I guess. I, I don't want to. But That's how we settle things around the debate um, table. <laughs> yeah, so, and I remember when that came out, I I knew of Memento and Insomnia, but didn't click that it was Nolan, I guess, and then I just went back through his his catalog and then I've been a Nolan fan ever since, so that all stemmed from there. I, when I was looking up the years, I was like, okay, so who would have <laughs> been popular for an actor? And I remember that... Uh, the Rock had starred in Be Cool. You ever see Be Cool? I did see Be Cool. Um, with John Travolta, the sequel he's to, great. to uh, Get Shorty. Get Shorty, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I was like, oh, was that like his first kind of major role? And then I looked it up, I'm like, nah, he was in uh, 
Walk the Line, The Rundown. The rundown. And, when did and The Rundown come out? The pre- 2003. Okay. And then he was also in Scorpion King. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. But I'm like, here he we are. He is the Scorpion Yeah, I was like, King. here we are 15 <laughs> years later, and he's one of the biggest stars in the world. The biggest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's anybody more bankable right now Who's outside of your typical blockbuster series and like your go-tos. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think he's. I think he's the man. I love him. It I seems like he'll just do any movie. He will, but he. I think it's because of that personality that is so tangible, and you can use it. And they just they like seeing people. His fans just like seeing the Rock on. Screen. Yes, the he persona plays, that he like, brought to the ring is what he brought to this movie screen. Yeah, and yeah, I if 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 in the next two or three Rock movies he doesn't drop an elbow on somebody, like I can't believe they haven't written it in yet. Where it's just an obvious, like, I think he, he runs from one bottom. side of the room to the other side of the room and then just looks at himself, breaks the fourth wall, looks into the camera, and then drops an elbow. Is this what you want, you animal? Right? Like, that's all I want is that little, like, just nod to, you know, this is where I where It's I like how from. Hulk Hogan used to use wrestling moves in his old movies. A hundred percent. What was the one? Thunder of Paradise, where he was like a commando. Do you remember that one from, yeah. the, from the 90s? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Three Ninjas? Yes. <laughs> Beautiful yes. film. Well, now now John Cena's paving the ways in that right? firefighter right? movie. Yeah, every every wrestler has to make their like cringy kids for kids only movie. It's a great way to get them. I think it's this the lubricant that that gets them pe- gets puts asses in the seats because who likes wrestling kids? So if they do a kid movie, I like wrestling. I do too. <laughs> We're all giant kids though. I mean, let's not pretend to you know pretend here. Uh, you're right, but. I'm just saying, if you're going to get noticed in the movie industry, you're right, Chris. Like, the cringeworthy nanny kid, you know, big babysitter-style movie. The Rock was in, what was it, Tooth Fairy? The Rock the was Pacifier? In, that's Vin Diesel. Diesel. That's right. Vin Diesel. Same, but like, same guy. Those he guys, wrestle, you know. Come on. Well, yeah. Come on. It's about family. It's actual show. So, <laughs> before we end this, uh, your suggestions on movies that, you think people really need to see? Give me three movies. What from that? From that? From year? that year? From any year? From what your catalog? Like, what do you think? I always remember, like, one of our film studies class. Uh, I think it was the same guy that told us for the project uh, to watch Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, one of one of the topics we covered was Japanese cinema. Uh, oh, he he was big into that, um, and he would show us like hardcore shit. Uh, like in class, where it's like I don't know if I'd want to watch this. Like, isn't like weird. Battle Royale was that? Uh, yeah, was that I was. The... I was actually gonna suggest uh, the the Japanese Battle Royale, which is basically Hunger Games. Was a lot of the comparisons when it was coming out because it's a bunch of kids, uh, this uh, class that are all trapped on like an island. They all have things around their neck, so if they try to escape or do something weird, they'll get blown up. Like and Stone Cold Steve Austin's The Condemned. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Ooh, I do like that's movies. The American that take Reboot. Place. Yeah. <laughs> I like those movies though. I really do. Battle Royale really like. They're fun. Yeah, he, yeah. He he showed us all those. He introduced me to uh, the Suicide Club, which is like a psychological thriller from Japan, where it's like teenagers are just killing themselves, and it follows a detective who's trying to figure out why. Um, but it's not just, depressed. it's not just like, like if it was an American, it's not hard to figure out. Yeah. Like they're showing like, like the movie opens up with a group of students just jumping in front of a, a subway train motherfucker. And it just, it's graphic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's just showing us this stuff. And, uh, so I always remember, sort of remember that 
that kind of stuff. And that it was sort of at that time, I've sort of gone away from being as hard, maybe as hardcore into film as I would like to manage. Not as much time as I really want to dedicate. Can I ask you something about that? Yeah. Because I find, uh, and and I'm not just saying this because she's in the other room right now, but <laughs> Shauna's taste in movies is. Uh, she likes the really weird, weird, quirky, art house, independent stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to love that. I was all over that. There was like, I, I've got three hard drives, like th- like eight terabytes worth of cinema. How I obtained it, I'm not willing to put that on the record. But I have it, and it and you, if you look at it, it goes from like really independent to a little bit bigger to eventually now where I my my knee jerk is blockbuster big event well, you know it's, billion dollar club movie but i really want I've, i'm go i've ahead. fallen into the trap of like a movie like the big blockbuster like okay i'll just put it on netflix because it's easy just to digest and watch right now and if i fall asleep well i can just pick it up later or just never yeah. watch it again because it wasn't that great fuck it yeah um and i always say like there's certain movies like oh okay i want to just make time for that i want to actually just sit there and watch the whole thing and then I never do, and it's getting worse and <laughs> yeah. worse and worse. And yeah, like I was getting into the Japanese cinema, where I was discovering uh, different directors, and then just trying to find some of their movies and stuff like that, and just going that route. And now I don't really do that as much. I think the latest one I did was uh, I never pronounce his name right. The director of Thor and Tigawatiti. Yes. Uh, once I saw Thor, I was like, okay, let's fucking see what the rest of this stuff is. Wilder people? Yeah. 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 That, yeah. I watched that and, uh, what we are in the shadows and I'm, I want to go see Jojo. Uh, yeah, I want to see Jojo Rabbit too. Yeah. yeah. Jojo wanna, Rabbit. I, I, cause, cause that's a movie I'm like, okay, I like this director. Let's go see it just so it supports that people want this kind of movie. We don't just want huge, big blockbuster movies, but what's, what's great with, with, what Marvel has done is it's introducing all these like directors that now can go off and do their own cool little project in their way. And Disney's like, okay, just do it. Just maybe don't make it super offensive. And (laughs) Taki is like, okay, I'll just put Hitler in the movie, I guess. He he directed the whole movie dressed as Hitler too. Yes. He just talked about that (laughs) last week. What did Todd Phillips say that that you can't do comedy anymore? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What a dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. But then the Joker made $800 million. Yeah, I know. But what a jackass thing to say. Yeah. It is. It's it's everybody. I think when one of them starts talking out their ass, I think they like it, it's a domino effect. I think Scorsese has caused a lot of people who should just like it's like, hey, Scorsese's using this time to say some offensive, stupid, dumb shit about how M- Marvel isn't cinema. Todd Phillips, I'll jump on that train too and express my opinion They're about just comedy. Be an old man, yeah, right. Yeah. It's old guard, new guard shit is what it is at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, okay, I'm like I'm trying. To like, if if we're sitting here and we're gonna watch something, and I'm like, well, is there something that you let's go see Jojo Rabbit? Well, yeah, but I said I asked her if we wanted to go see a movie the other night, and it was Jojo Rabbit. We just were too lazy, but I'm like, that's a conscious effort to not go see Rambo, right? Because <laughs> Rambo's calling to me, even though it's shit, right? But it's calling. Is there me a new for, Rambo out? There is. It's the oh, final oh, Rambo. Oh my god! You know yeah. what they've been saying? It's the final Rambo, like five Rambos ago. I know, and that's how they the get second, me back. Which one's is First Blood the actual first one, or is that the stupid Rambo yeah, the okay. is the first I didn't one. Know if, like, it's the, the first and last blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first Blood Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> which, but, like, well, if they had called, the, what's the new one called? Last is it blood. just called Rambo 2019? Because I hate that. No, it's it's Rambo it's not 2K. <laughs> I hate it when they do that too. Like Toby's in it for some reason. Jason 2000 or something. Build your like team, that. Rambo X. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo goes there? to space. 
I think it got knocked out of We've contention. We've got a photo of the Martians. Yeah. <laughs> hey, then, Adrian. Oh, you're dead in another and then, movie. And then, of course, it'd be like Rambo versus the Terminator. Rambo. You're, were you ready for it, Chris? Rambo, Last Blood. I, okay. I was <laughs> going to say. You. I was going to say. Jimmy, if it's called call Last Blood, then it might actually be I the last one. I was fucking joking. It all comes around. He now becomes a cop, and he like. He pulls over some guy from Iraq or something like that, and he's chasing <laughs> wow. after that guy, and now it's like full circle. Oh, because it's gone back to the one that was shot in, in British Columbia. Yeah, because that's, in the how, mountains. that's, that's the how the whole thing. That's the plot of the first yeah, one. He the gets plot detained of the first one. for whatever reason. I can't remember. They detain him because he, he's a they drifter. Don't, they he's, don't want him in a small town. Right. They want to kick him out, and around. then he he snaps. And, yeah. yeah. Has, so that's this PTSD. New one, this, new one, this new one, he's now settled down in some mountain bum-ass town. In some Afghan, he's. I think he's from like Oregon or Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's in Portland or something. Port, like some somewhere in out in the back country. But he gets involved. This one's about the cartel, like the war that he fought in Iraq and Vietnam, and is now brought. He's brought it home with him. Like I can't even be bothered. Uh, No, I get it. Like I haven't. Yeah. Um. But okay. Any Jimmy? Like, do you? kind of suffer the same problem i mean i don't because we're all different age we all have different genres that we started and ended with do you find that you are bound by horror and bad sci-fi that you i like knowing that if i go to the theater and nothing looks interesting i can always just fall back on a scary movie yeah okay all right. whether it's good or not i'm like ah, at least it scared me for an hour and a half that's yeah, fine totally. um i don't i don't know i feel weird paying about or paying for like big blockbuster movies and stuff and going to the theater and paying for those. Do you it, feel a little it cheap? It makes me feel dirty. Right. <laughs> it well it does in the sense that there's a lot of talk and I mean and this is only in my respected opinion <laughs> which goes super far. I there's a lot of talk about sitting around watching too much television, enjoying too much content because it's all out there in every way you can watch it now, right? Um so going and paying for one of those it's it's about value of your time, right? And paying for a blockbuster versus paying for something that makes you walk out of the theater and question something or think about something. I'm not thinking about anything deep when I come out of Endgame, except how the death of Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> as Iron Man made still me crying. feel. I'm still crying, but it's 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 shallow <laughs> like a shower. Where stuff like Jojo Rabbit would, you know, you'd walk out and you'd be like, oh, I'm happy I saw that. I'm happy I saw that, but it's about a boy who's raised to hate Jews and becomes friends with a little girl who's a Jew. And it's about a lot. It's about racism. It's about challenging ideas and cultures. And there's a lot more there, which I think you'd feel less bad about paying for because it's something worth your time where Endgame is clearly just about popcorn and fun. But that's me. That's the point, right? That's the point. And and that's what you get back to is that if you can't find that, you always got a horror movie to fall back on. Usually. Just threw my phone at my cat. Um, so just Cold a burger. final point. So my yeah. Film, go- yeah. film school experience. Uh, first, uh, one of the worst parts was there was some sort of festival festival going on. It wasn't the, the main one. Yeah. Um, so a bunch of us went, and I don't even know how we even got into this, why we chose to go to this particular film, but it was basically this guy, he had just edited together a lot of his old like family home video and he was like older himself, so like the video would have, I think was from like the sixties, seventies kind of. So it's so like real. It's really grainy. Yeah. yeah, it's real, real. But you don't. There's no audio to it. The only audio through this like twenty, twenty-five minute film was just white noise. It was just like a. Ch- 
What was the uh, uh, There was point? no story. There was, okay. it, was, it was a very art house kind of like, like you have to, like it was like, I don't understand know. how I was feeling I, at the I time guess, when I made this. Well, I guess it was like, it was like his memories, his life growing up and you didn't need to hear the sound. I, who knows? But being 19, it was just like, oh, oh my man, God, come on, this is brutal. Um, and the was other, there a lot of that or was it? I, that movie, that one, that one short film stood out in particular. Um, Slumdog Millionaire, uh, I think, yeah. made its sort of debut. Yeah, um, Danny Boyle. It, it came out in the Victorian Film Festival, like before it was out. In oh, really? And all that. Yeah. Um, it was. One so of you got to you got to see. I that. I didn't get it too. We would get to as volunteers would get to watch some of the stuff uh, if it wasn't sold out. But that was it was Danny Boyle. Uh, so everybody's was, going. Yeah, it was like it was probably the it was probably the main sort of attraction that year. One of the main attractions I remember. It's such a good movie. Of that film festival, yeah. Uh, and the other point was uh, the film school that I went to has permanently closed now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it shut down, I think, a couple of years ago. <laughs> I I don't know why. My biggest guess would probably be money. Uh, or the teachers probably maybe also just getting up closer to retirement age. They all got gigs at Well, once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, going to Northern Alberta. Literally no one here <laughs> to teach yeah. you. Sorry. <laughs> No, that would be great. That's a great way for them all to lose it. Yeah, so I'm, I think it closed down a few years ago. Like I said, it was expensive, and if they weren't getting, if you don't, yeah, if you're not getting the students per year, no, you're trying to, and you're not working to work there. So, if, you know, yeah, I do remember one time really irked me, and obviously the guy that owned the school, this Barry, uh, he would do workshop classes, like he'd put ads in the paper, and then he'd have people pay like a hundred bucks however much his workshop class was so one time he asked a bunch of us to help him volunteer as he taught this class on a weekend so it's like yeah sure i guess <laughs> so we're doing it and then i'm realizing like wow i spent like fifteen thousand dollars and i could have just taken a flight out here and done this course for the because oh, like that's... it was a lot more for like not for kids but there was like some kids that would be in the class and he's still kind of giving them the rundown and everything and it's like wow you paid a fraction <laughs> There was a point in his class, too, where I think he just ran out of material because he just sort of started repeating stuff he had already taught us, like maybe like three quarters of the way through. And uh, he kicked me out of his class one day because I was just sort of done. I'm like, OK, this is we're on time here, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted those are my final points. Sin City also came out that year that I was there. Oh, like yeah. in the festival? No. Just, oh, just the year. Just yeah. yeah I'm just that was a little background. King Kong. Yeah. Was that, like a, like oh, that, that was that winter, yeah, so I was back in I still have an unwrapped, ver- the DVD version of King Kong that I got for Christmas one year. I still have it, unwrapped and untouched. We're obviously referring to the Peter Jackson King yes. Kong, right? The dinosaur tumble. Yes, sir. It's one of my favorite scenes in all of movies. Like, that was, I was in the, like, that was one of those Christmas Day movies that my family and I like to do. Like, we just... King Kong? King, we picked King Kong. It's easy, <laughs> like, I... <laughs> it was very, like, a... For the holiday season, it was. It's it's one of those December twenty second releases, yeah. and I loved it. That whole scene with the dinosaurs tumbling down the mountain, I was like on the edge of my seat. Well, it, when it. it all ends, when he snaps the T Rex, the jaw, yeah. the that jaw, was so the, cool. that the dislocated a, jaw, that got an audible like oh. From the <laughs> Ooh. I uh, see the Chucky came out that year that I was there. Seed of How many Chuckies are there, Jimmy? Yes. Uh, oh my God. Um, there's seven? Child's Play one, two, three, three, and then the f- fourth one is Bride. Then Seed. Then Seed, and then they get away from. Se- and then they got a new biological. Trilogy. Bride, then they got like a new seed. Netflix trilogy. So I think there's eight or nine. Yeah. Um, 
we we got to a special screening of it so they came out with like they had like prizes and they're like okay we're gonna ask a trivia question just yell at the answer and then you win and the question was what was the first movie what was the name of the movie that chucky first stars in and i was like Charles Black. <laughs> and then i won a seat of chucky t-shirt and it's like <laughs> it's like i don't know how often i want to wear this Yay. i don't I, I, you know what i wonder if i even still have it you won I, like the the how when the when the production makes like a going away present yeah you won that item yeah, yeah. i've uh I've some promotional material. anyways so all in all, what would you would you for I film school against? What do nah, you think? Like, like now, especially in this day and age, maybe film schools had a place in the eighties, nineties when everything wasn't accessible at all. There was maybe your town doesn't have a film commission to rent gear for. So yeah, like you'd move to Toronto or Vancouver, or I guess Victoria in this case. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. But now, if you live in any sort of major city, the, there's resources for sure. Yeah. Um, and take that money and just spend it on put it some, in the project instead of learning yeah and that's what i think yeah. a lot of people do look at what youtube has shown us right yeah. people started their own little production companies and taking it from there and you copy from the best and if there's a website that has videos for it yeah. what are you doing going to school kids yeah. <laughs> exactly well on that note uh chris thank you i, I i'm glad we got to do this because i we don't know each other that well so i got to know you i got a i got a bird's eye view of you it was Lovely view. I hope I didn't shit on you too much. But um bump. No, that's a bad joke. Bad joke, Jimmy. I just, I like your big cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as, as yes. I think he's yeah he's fluctuating between thirty three and thirty five right now. Aww. Yeah, we don't. When we, we if we weigh him in the morning, you know, you always want to weigh yourself in the morning. <laughs> yeah, because that's your lightest. Uh, but anyways, Chris, thank you for uh, yeah, no for telling us these stories. This is great. This is a super fun time. Jimmy, thank you again for no problem <laughs> making an appearance here. Uh, for everybody, if this is your first episode, um, you can find us in lots of different places to listen to the podcast. But specifically, you can go check us out at the Easy Three. You can find us on Google Play Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, if there's an idea that you think we should do for the show, all of us who uh, make these episodes are more than willing to listen to it uh we're gonna start throwing a post up on instagram actually mark suggested it where we ask you guys who listen to the show what you think we should debate on and then if we can get enough traction we'll produce it and give them a shout out and if they're local and they want to come down and officiate or something like that all the little all the little fun ideas that these episodes kind of bring up i'm i'm excited for the new year so anything out of utah uh three last week Three last week. Well, from Say something to us, them. please. <laughs> I get, well, okay, Utah, if you're listening, as I was saying earlier, uh, if you want to give us a shout-out on any regard whatsoever, uh, therealdebaters at gmail.com is our email address. Do you uh, think maybe they're not in Utah, they're just throwing their IP address because they're blocking it for something else? So it and looks they don't like even know that they're Utah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they have no idea. Somebody out I'm here is Utah. So. Like, I've said it enough that if nobody's responded in Well, last time we 20, talked about them when I was here, there was eight. Now you're saying there's three. So yeah. we're losing them because we probably keep asking to say something. Like, oh, I'm I'm from Utah. I'm nervous. I <laughs> no, the I'm nervous not, state, Utah. I don't know. I've never, I'm sure it's a lovely state. You just got to go be racist at a basketball game. You had the Olympics in 2002. It's great. Uh, but it, So if you are going to email, the, the real debaters at gmail.com is R-E-E-L in that sentence. So... The R E E L debaters at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you want to talk to us there. Uh, both websites you can search the real debaters. Uh, Jimmy, you got any shows coming up? Um, I think I'll just be 
on the oh uh i'm opening for nick nemiroff in uh gaffers in lockport on november 27th that's nice. gonna be a lot of fun so come to that perfect i yeah. would i'm in orlando that week I, that was more for the audience michael oh okay <laughs> 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 More for the people out of Utah going to be flying yes. in. <laughs> Chris, when's your next show? Uh, tonight. Oh, sweet. In three hours, four hours. Okay, well, by the time this airs, it might. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I can can see it in your eyes now. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I've been Michael Petro. Jimmy Skinner. Chris. And uh, we're going.